What up, y'all? On today's episode, we have my good friend, brother from a different life, or from this life, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, I met Jonathan when I moved back to D.C. in the summer of 2019 uh, after my Latin America trip, and I started working at Equinox. We, I don't think we interviewed together. I think we started our like Equinox boot camp together. Oh, we definitely started Equinox boot camp together. And I just remember the first time uh, I saw this dude, I was super excited about working at Equinox because, uh, quite frankly, it's a bunch. I anticipated it being like a bunch of meatheads and bros that I was really looking forward to hanging out with. Um, and I saw Jonathan, Jonathan for the first time, and I thought like. Fuck yes, perfect. This dude is jacked out of his mind. Um, he looks extremely athletic. Like, where did this dude play football? What position did he play? He must play linebacker or running, like a really stacked up running back. And then, you know, I go to meet the guy, introduce myself, and we start talking. And next thing I know, this dude's like skipping around the halls, singing show tunes and preaching about light and love. And <laughs> I realized... <laughs> You should never judge a book by its cover, and we get into that uh, a lot during this during this episode. Um, and his light and love thing, man, he he kind of references that throughout this episode. Without like he the way he talks about it, he kind of like in- expects you to already know about what he's talking about with his light and love philosophy. And if I'm being completely honest, the first. I don't know, a week or two of hanging out with this guy, knowing this guy, uh, I kind of fa- found it, um, I don't know, uh, a little cheesy, this whole light and love narrative he kept talking about, but now, but it's really started to grow on me, uh, and and even now that I haven't seen the guy in, shit, several months, over six months at this point, um, it like has really resonated with me, he, 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 he sees himself from, and this is my interpretation of it, um, unfortunately we didn't dive like super deep into it during the podcast, but he sees himself like his purpose in life and uh, his daily existence is to exude light and love uh, from himself to all, to all people and uh, as a means of like enhancing um, his, not only his experience but other people's experience on this planet and I find that so profound and beautiful and honestly, I think subconsciously I've started, that's kind of become my purpose too. Uh, in my life over the past uh, several months. Um, anyway, man, I love this dude to death. He, I don't know if I've ever laughed as much uh, during any any podcast thus far as I do during this one, man. I, I love this guy. I miss this guy. You know, I met him in July 2019, and then I left DC in like first week of December 2019. So I really only knew this guy guy for five six months, and um. I don't know. I, I he'll always be in my life. Like we'll always be in contact. I hope at some point in the future, like him and I get to live in the same place and and really further develop our friendship. Because um, he's a special human being, and I and I really miss him, and I love him very much. Um, here's my boy Jonathan. What's up with your truck? Did your car get fixed? Oh, the universe again. I'm in a rental now, but it's getting fixed, and I'm getting money back. Yeah. I knew that it was about to hit me though. When was this? This is back a while ago, huh? Mm, Saturday night. This Saturday night? That just passed, yeah. Wait, wait, I thought I remember something about recently your car was in the shop. This is a few weeks ago. We were looking for coverage for a floor shift. Your car's in the shop. Oh, yeah, I had to get a, a bone joint fix. Okay. This is different then? Yeah. What happened? So I went I to. Didn't hear about this. Oh, you know, I don't really post all that kind of stuff. I went to the guy that I model for on Facebook. <clears throat> Facebook, he um, 
you know, I love like domestic stuff, like folding clothes and all that. So I was helping him do his inventory, just folding it, organizing it, because it was a mess. It was all over the place. And um, before I knew it, it was like twelve thirty at night. Oh, I didn't even know you were recording. No, I'm going to start now. It was like twelve thirty at night, and so I was like, "Oh my god, let me go home because I can literally stay. I can fold clothes forever." And as soon as I said, "All right, I need to go," my like my spirit just shifted a little bit. I was like, "My energy's off." So um, you know, I immediately just like prayed for a quick second, and then so I left. And every time I leave his house, I miss the exit to get on ninety five. Every single time. I just have my mother's sense of direction, zero. I know it's coming up, just miss it every single time. And I've helped him do the inventory multiple times. So when you miss the exit, it takes you like a mile around, around the river bend to get back on the highway. But when I was like, maybe like 0.3 miles away from getting back on the exit, I saw this black car pull behind me. And then immediately, like, I knew everything would be okay, but I knew there was something about to happen between me and this black car, or, like, if we wound up, right, like, if... I just didn't know what the situation would be. I didn't want to call it an altercation because I'm very adamant about what I put in the universe. But I knew something was about to transpire between me and said individual in this black car. So we get to St. Barnabas Road, and I'm about to make a right turn, but I see another car. She's She's just coming a little too quick. And, you know, we've all done it. Like, I can make it, but no, I'm not going to try. So I, like, put my foot on the gas a little bit. And I'm like, nah. So I put my foot on the brake. Alex. I was like, come on. It's 1242. How fast are you going? No, I was at a stoplight. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to make the light. Okay. Mm-hmm. We pulled up to and I was just like, but this whole time I was looking at old boy in my review mirror. I was just but I wouldn't even, I mean, you know me, I didn't even, it like happened out of the blue. I was like, what just happened? I just want to go home. I want to go to sleep, I'm tired. This is not supposed to happen. I'm minding my business. I'm minding my motherfucking business. I'm tired. So we pulled in, but you know, nowadays you gotta like watch the folk because they will try to hit and run. So we pull into the liquor store parking lot. Nobody's around. This is the same part of Maryland where an old boy just got stabbed to death for the Popeye's chicken sandwich. What? What was that happening? Oh, maybe like three, four weeks ago. He got stabbed for a chicken sandwich? Wakanda forever. My people. I love my people, Alex. Lord knows I do. It was a delicious sandwich. (laughs) It ain't that damn good. Y'all stand Dude, before? that's crazy. Oh, it's chicken sandwich. A processed chicken. Right. That ain't got no nutrients. Wow. Just. What the, part of Maryland is this? Austin Hill. Okay. At 1242. Right. In the liquor store parking lot. In the liquor store parking lot. That's attached to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> with people standing outside. Just. Can we ask either one? Did you see the dude's face at this point? This entire time, oh, yeah. you just had this image of the vehicle. No, so we pull into the parking lot. He gets out and he's immediately irate. And I'm like, this, this will end well. <laughs> this will end well. But I'm like, he already looks altered. 
I'm tired. Alter, what do you think? Like intoxicated? He, I didn't smell it. Some, he may have been hot. I don't know. Right. He just wasn't regular. Right. At twelve forty-two in the morning, he right. wasn't regular. on a Saturday. On a Saturday. Friday, but it's technically yeah, Saturday. Right. So I said, "Just can I have your hey?" I said, "I'm from the south." I'm like, "Are you good?" That was the first. Right. I was like, "Are you okay?" Above all else, we need to make sure everybody's all right. Right. He is immediately Alex cussing, and not once did he say, "Are you all right?" Right. Like, Motherfucker, you hit me. Right. At twelve forty in the morning. Right. He rear-ended you, right? Like hard. I think like from a legal perspective, it's pretty much always the default is that person's fault, the person mm-hmm. that didn't from behind you. So he is I ran and get a picture of his instructional learner's permit. I was like, oh What? Was, right. I said Instructional learner's permit as a grown man? 101388. Oh shit, he's my, he's my, you, my you're, 31. You're 31. Why do you have... Structural learner's permit. Was he an immigrant? Was he like a Latino dude? No, he was Wakanda forever. He was black. <laughs> Wakanda. He was black. A fool, but he was black. I can't, can't say what I want. What? That's weird. Okay, anyway. And so... I said, well, he was like, just call me. We'll handle it in the morning. I said, hold on, hold on. Let's chit chat for a second. It's drizzling coming down. Call me, we'll handle it in the morning. That's what he said. So you just hit me. <laughs> no, I'm tired too, but we need to handle some of this right now. Does it? Go ahead. So he's uh, he gives me his number, but his phone is in the car. So something's ringing, but I don't know at this point if it's your phone number or not. Mm. I don't know if this is because I have an ID that I use for when I go out. Because I just don't want to be taking my license out. I'm just using South Carolina license. It's all no good. They just look for the date. Whatever. So I was like, maybe it's that type of situation. So I'll go to take a picture of the license plate. And his whole energy changes. I was like, "Mm, I love my life more than I love a bumper. Mm -hmm. Oh, that kind of energy change. Uh And he he just, his walk changed as he was walking to his car. I was like, hmm. I was like, can you just get your phone and uh, call me to make sure you get my phone call? I had to keep it like love, but I had to reinforce the light and love to make sure I kept my life. Because right. I ain't know. It may have been nothing in the car, but I had to assume that there was. Right. Because I love my life. Right. And so, I was trying to take a picture as he was driving off, but I just couldn't do it. But as he was driving off? Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I'm... Uh, we're going to go separate ways because I don't know what you're going to this car for. Because the energy changed. And I was like, mm, this is the same area. Popeye's is right down the street. At no point either y'all think, well, it doesn't sound like on his part, but you didn't think just call the cops? Isn't that like the standard operating procedure in that situation? Not necessarily. I learned here in D.C. that if nobody's hurt, just exchange the insurance information. I want the insurance Because... There's really nothing the police can do. Right. They're just gonna put him at fault or right. put the blame on him. But so uh, I called on my way home. I was like, I handled that well. I'm going to reward myself with some chips. So you wait. You got his license. You got a picture of the license plate, and then you called his phone. So you're assuming he has your number. Yeah, but before he left, he went to he called my phone. Oh, okay, cool. So I knew we had each other's information. So I called him. He didn't answer. I went to 7-Eleven. 
to get my reward for handling the situation the best that I could in the state that I was in. And so he and I sent the message and I was like, I really hope you're not playing games because you're not answering the telephone. Um, just a friendly reminder, if you want to play games, this will not end well. So please just give me a call back. Send me the picture of your policy number and the license plate so we can start the proceedings. Thank you. Have a good night. He calls me all huffy and puffy and irate. I say, I'm not going to do this with you. I'm in 7-Eleven. I'm about to go to sleep. Just get me the information. Thank you. Fast forward. He says his grandfather's funeral is Saturday, today. So, you know, I try to be light love. I send some encouraging words, blah, blah, blah. He keeps asking me for my information, but my spirit says, do not send your information because he's going to try to put the blame on you, and then it's going to be a he said versus he said situation between insurance. My spirit is not up for that. Didn't send it. Sunday afternoon, he finally sends his information. I started the proceedings. I give my part of the testimony. She calls me back and says, oh, Mr. Birdsong. What's his name? Yes. <laughs> Birdsong. That's a great name. Ugly ass. Sorry, Lord, excuse me. Please make sure you edit that part out. So, he tells State Farm that I, it was raining really badly. It was drizzling. He says to State Farm that I jumped in front of him and he could not stop, so he slammed into the back of me. I said, Lisa, or Jake from State Farm, can I call you right now? Lisa, Jake. It was Lisa, but you know the commercial. I said, Lisa, I'm going to call you right back, please. Thank you. Is this your direct line? I sent Mr. Birdsong <laughs> a message. I said, Mr. Birdsong, I hope your family is staying lifted in prayers due to your time of loss. But. Sorry. I don't want to last Please, No. This is the stuff that I'm talking about. Why I need a TV show that people don't believe happens to me. So, I said, please don't play any games. Just tell State Farm the truth. I really don't have time. I'm just wanting to get to my family for Thanksgiving. That's it. Have a great day. Send. You text on Yes. Not even four minutes later, Lisa calls me back. I don't know how all of this happened in four minutes. But not even four minutes later, Lisa calls me back and says, um, Hertz on South Pickett Street has your information. The rental has been set up. You're good to go. They even found you an SUV. What? Damn. This whole week before I got here on Saturday, I was like, I'm so ready to get to South Carolina, but I do not want to have to get, I got to get my suspension fixed. Had to get new brakes, which I already knew. Had to get an oil change, which I already had planned on doing. But, I did not want to get that suspension fixed from my pocket, and I did not want to have to get the right ball joint fixed from my pocket. The guy who fixes my car, who does everything on my car, is also where I bought my car from. So we'll be getting a refund. <laughs> with everything underneath my car being fixed. Thanks, universe. Damn. Damn. So, the car's, so the car's good? It just needs to be fixed on total. Oh, it's getting fixed now. 
They take the shot now. Wow, dude. Yep. Like, that's just one of the... Have you talked to Mr. Birdsong since? I have nothing else to say. Okay. Well, it sounds like you did the right thing in the end. Or, I live by my love so hard, the energy made him do the right thing. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm just like, that was so simple. It was such... I, I like to think he got your text. I was like, wow, this guy's genuine. He's been straight up the whole time. He's being very straightforward about the way he feels and about handling this. And then when you send the thing about the final text about just just be honest, man. Let's just handle this situation. No, essentially, none of us want to be in this situation. I like that he got that and I was like, fuck it. Called State Farm. I was like, hey, that was my fault. But the fact that it happened so quick, I was like, thank you. But yeah. And even though I was pissed, like I legit knowing what it's like to lose a parent and not losing grandparents but not even like really knowing them like I, I didn't know the dynamic of his family I'm assuming they're African so I know when in that culture when you lose a relative it's like hard because he was just like even though I didn't know him I knew how he was acting when we got to the accident and even when he called me on the phone at 7-Eleven I was like I mean, we come from the same stock, from the same continent, so I know you a little bit, even though I don't know you, but I know this ain't your real character right now. Oh, really? Okay. Do you think it's a recent Af- Afri- African immigrant? Is that the impression you got? No, because he didn't have an accent, and he was very uh, Americanized. Right. So... So why do you think he is... What, do you think like, maybe his grandfather was African? Oh, absolutely. Why do you say that? Oh, it gives you that impression. Just a feeling? Well, they looked African, okay. gotcha. but just his demeanor from, and again, his grandfather may be well in the life. <laughs> they may not be, yeah, right. Yeah. But. Like a part of it too, he made a vote. Once you sent like, hope your family is lifted up in prayer, and he's like, grandpa's. My grandpa's sitting totally right fine. next to me on the couch <laughs> watching the game. <laughs> Shit, I can't stay far. I don't know what's up. I dig myself in a hole all these lives. <laughs> I've been there. But and unlike the other hand, I was just like, well, maybe... Because he just seemed like he was about to go get into something. He had no business. When he hit you? Yeah. Yeah, maybe you saved him from yeah, like, so I was like, picking up crack or something. Safely being put in harm's way and being protected by God in the universe. I can dig it and I get my car fixed for free. Yes. I'm good. And I saved his life potentially, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm both one. That's it's true, maybe. Yeah, you prevented him from doing like I'm, a. It's a win win in my book. Drug yield gone bad. My car won't be making noises. I have a video of how loud and disrespectful my undercarriage is in my car. It's so funny. It's so. It's just like. It's loud. And it's getting fixed now? Yeah. This little boy at the stoplight one day. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Do you have a pickup truck? <laughs> Do you? No. Oh, I just have an SUV. A Cherokee. Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo. It's my third one. Of the same I had two 2004s and then this one, Bethel is a 2010. <laughs> what did the kids say? <laughs> <laughs> I 
he was holding his mom's hand. And I pulled up. I pulled up to the light, but it was like just a little dip in the pavement, but just enough, like any, the slightest pebble. <laughs> Alex, the slightest pebble will have my car sounding like Mariah Carey on a really bad day. <laughs> but the little boys are just like... <laughs> like it was Optimus Prime coming or something. <laughs> Alex, it's so loud. Like when I pull into the parking lot... Took a little gravel out where I parked by the busboys and poets and uh, off to work. Yeah. <sighs> they already like know it's me coming around the corner. Damn, dude. I asked Ray, the guy I got my car from, I was like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> but I, I really feel this like. Is problem. I feel like I drive like regular people and I try to dodge the holes. Right. But do you want to hear what the car you have? Oh, you have the recording. Let's say, damn it's okay. That's maybe bad. It may take me a minute to find it. But like sidebar, yeah, it's on me. While we, I went to South Carolina to get my mom, and then we went up to Charlotte to kick it with Auntie Tiny because black family. Auntie Tiny? Auntie. Tiny? What do you call it? Aunt? No, but Tiny? Oh, yeah, T-I-O, because she's the tiny, she, well, I mean, she's a little curvy now, but she's the tiniest of all the sisters. Gotcha. But, um, I lived in her attic when I lived in Charlotte, so that's where I was staying in my room. Uh Uh-huh. And it was... Your attic? In the attic, but I was having moments where I was just dancing, because I was really... In the attic? Mm Mm-hmm. It might take a minute to find that video. I don't know where it's at. All right, we'll do it later. Okay, uh, okay let's start from the beginning then. Speaking of South Carolina, isn't that where you were born? Born June 30th, 1984. I'll try to find it while we're talking. In Baptist Medical Center, and my mother works at Baptist Medical Center now. What? What? She ran, um, she's a pathologist, but she ran the blood bank for... Moncrief the Army for 35 years. And what town is this? Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, South Carolina. Home of Gamecocks. Like, we'll go Gamecocks. I was there for a year. When? My freshman year. I went to USC my freshman year. Really? Yeah. Did we talk about this? I don't think so. I think like maybe the first time we met. I think. Oh, yeah, I was there for one year. Or to the Strom Thurmond Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. Big-ass gym. Beautiful gym. My dad's office used to be um, down there. I don't know where it is. Um, yeah, South Carolina's tight. Columbia's alright, but... Oh, right. The, 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 the face you made? Uh-huh. I made that face every day of my life. Yeah. Every day. Because I always knew I was... I know I'm a country boy, but I knew that there was something bigger than South Carolina in me. So I've always... I've always itched. And is that the biggest city in South Carolina? Sure. Greenville's cool. Sure. 
I mean, it's nice. It's cute. Uh, Columbia, I always think. I think Columbia is like ugly and kind of south. Certain parts. So, I mean, it's like the university is beautiful. Oh, the yeah. campus is really there, nice. Yeah, there's enough money down there. Uh, my buddy lives in Greenville, and that's really like hip now, young and hip. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I don't. I guess because I have a very permanent, not permanent. I have a view of South Carolina that I just want to keep, and I'm going to keep. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Greenville doesn't match with the vision of South no, Carolina. That's it's like not, Austin and Texas. That's not the Greenville I know from growing up. Right. This season, when I go home, I'm like, no, that's not the same little street mm-hmm. that I used to go get bubblegum on. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a soul cycle there, yeah. Huh? It's like a soul. So Greenville has like a lot of like soul, you know, like oh yeah, 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 yeah fitness yeah. stuff like you'd mm-hmm. see in any major city. But Columbia is just it's done like a complete three sixty. Has it? Like the high school that I went to uh-huh. was like the high school to go to. It now has a metal detector. Does it? Mm-hmm. Damn. It started to get so bad, like, I'm just a, I'm very, I'm a firm believer of, like, don't sugarcoat stuff for people. But when I, my middle school, we were the Trojans. Mm-hmm. They changed it from Dent, Dent Middle School Trojans to Dent Middle School Diamonds because Trojans immediately made kids think about condoms and that will make them think about sex. And that will make them have sex. <laughs> I'm about to cuss on this. Yeah, totally. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not a great name because of the condom association, but I don't think your kids are fucking more. I like diamonds, though, actually. Oh, God, Alex, get out. <laughs> Damn, middle school diamonds? You are completely ruining <laughs> my point. It's a cool name. How many diamonds? That's unique, too. There's tons oh, of Trojan mascots. The diamonds? That's tight. I like that. Well, I'm a Trojan, okay? <laughs> I know you are, buddy. <laughs> You certainly are. <laughs> How long were you in Columbia? It's stupid. Um, I graduated in 2002, and I left in 2002. But you okay? So you were there from birth until graduation from high school. Mm-hmm. And then I just I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I knew I didn't want to do gymnastics like that, and I was just too tall. Okay, oh, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up. Fuck the Jeep sound. Okay. We need to get more deep. We're skipping a lot. So what was it like growing up in Columbia? Who did you live with first off? What is the, what was like the family structure of your childhood? My family structure was very unique. Being black, being gay, and being from the South is already a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't... I didn't really know like... I didn't know my personality was wrong. You didn't have a lot of uh, like examples and role models in Columbia. Nothing. <laughs> and then when your father is a preacher, oh, that's right. And then oh, your father is a detective. Both. And detective then, preacher. 
baby. And then your mother runs the blood bank for the army at Fort Jackson. And then your mama is an evangelist as well. Were you, what was your personality like when you were a kid? This? Were you like an eight-year-old, this guy? Oh, God, yes. Okay. It's, yes. Yes. Was your dad just like ignoring you? No, like... <laughs> Pretending like this isn't happening? Yeah. Okay. But very in a very loving manner. Like okay. I had, they did the best that they could do with this black little gay kid okay. in 1984. Okay. Because I really honestly don't think my parents had any, like, gay friends or, like, anything okay. to, like... Well, my... They had no, like, basis. I was... I just literally showed up in the sonogram <laughs> and was like, Hey. <laughs> She's about to get real interesting for y'all. This is about to get... <laughs> and I've already been here before. Good luck. <laughs> but it was... Uh, and my brother, who's four years older than I am, was very uh, adventurous and daring. What does that mean? You know how they say Literally. Have you... Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, he was like, like, like explore in the woods? Or he liked to like, he was do like, LSD? Oh, what no. kind of adventures? Ironically, our parents never had like the drug conversation with us. It was just assumed that you're a black kid and you're a preacher's kid. Don't fuck it up. Right. There was never like, this is what LSD can do to you. Right. It is horrible for you, sweetheart. Right. As your mother or father, I do not want you. Nope. It was just assumed. It's just assumed. You're not doing LSD and you're not fucking You dudes. make good grades and. Right. <laughs> or if you are, I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> Welcome to the world. Welcome <laughs> to my world. So it was. This is going to be a long podcast. Mm hmm. Yeah, I want to hear about it. <laughs> and. So, like, Bobby was the five. He's four years older than me. He was born in uh, 1980. But he was, like, the the five-star athlete. Very, He was very attractive. Is He's not dead. Sorry. Um, But he just, he just let himself go when he got to college. And smart. Got a doctorate. But he's just, he's literally my father's child. Mm -hmm. But he was, like, the five-star athlete. Girls calling the house every day. And I'm at the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in my room with Rose Art, Crayons, Arts and Crafts, mm-hmm. and learning Darren's dance grooves from the DVD that I asked for for Christmas. <laughs> with the sound real low, trying not to step too hard in the cows. Even though I know I'm going to jazz and ballet tomorrow. Okay, so you... Okay. So, going back to 1988, um, I was four at Care on Decker Boulevard. And all the other kids like wrestling, and I'm sitting in the corner like, can y'all just? Why do y'all have to wrestle on this linoleum? Yeah, they ain't even got no mats out. I'm sure this is against the fire code, but why y'all wrestling? Can y'all just relax, please? Then this red van pulls up, and it's Kelly's Gymnastics, and they I see them bringing these mats and these little octagons in and the squishy stuff, and I'm like. Oh, yeah. What's about to happen? I don't know, but I like it. And then um, the first, that was a Tuesday. Like, I remember like it was yesterday. That was a Tuesday. They came in, and we started doing forward rolls and stuff. And then I saw my mom walk in, and she's just grinning. And I'm looking at her grinning, and I'm like, 
think we got something here, Glow Glow. <laughs> I like this stuff. What's Glow Glow? Oh, that's what I call my mom. Her name's Gloria. <laughs> so I call her Glow Glow, Glow D sometimes. And then the next Tuesday, I don't know how Bailey's fine arts got associated with Kinder Care on Decker Boulevard, but we were tap dancing. And I was like, I looked at Glow Glow. Glow Glow looked at me. I said, hey, we got some. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. I like it. Because this, all of this was like amplified until my mother knew what to do with my ADHD and my OCD. Like, mm-hmm. I was my Auntie Shelby, who passed away in 2005. She could, they used to call me Butterfly because you could not. I was all over the place at all times. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, I couldn't stay still. Mm-hmm. You couldn't catch me because I was just bing, 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 bing. So my mom was very like, they don't do medicine and all that stuff. So they were just trying to figure out ways to tire my ass out. But like, I'm so grateful that Kinder Care and Kellis Gymnastics and Bailey's Fine Arts, like, the universe orchestrated all that because it's like, that's who I am. And I'm so grateful that that found me at four years old at Kinder Care. Even though I was like, I don't know why I like this little boy pushing me on the swing at four years old, but... Oh, you recognize that at four? Baby. Oh, shit. His name is Justin. What feel like at four? I'm always... I always say I'm got one of God's favorites because, like, the challenges and shit that I've been through, like, I just don't think he would give that to regular people. If that makes any sense. It's because I know now at 35, I've recognized that my mission and my trajectory is to exude light and love to help. Because there's somebody, if I know if I went through it, like there's a plethora of other people who've gone through it. And one of those plethora of people doesn't have an avenue or doesn't have an outlet to uh, heal properly. Because especially in... You know, it's 2019. People will move on to something else before they're healed and they're bleeding on something else that had nothing to do with whatever happened to them because said individual did not take the proper allotted time to fully let the wound heal from the inside, let the new skin reach the surface, let that scab fall off, let the color get back on it, let the sunlight get to the vitamin D so you just like let the shit heal. Uh-huh. Don't go on to the next. It's not going to work out. You're going to repeat the pattern. Anyway, um, I don't know I said that. I was asking, what is that you were saying, oh. Justin pushed you on the swing in gymnastics at four years old, and you knew there was like an attraction. I was asking, what does an attraction at four years old feel like? like I wouldn't say you- necessarily an attraction. It was just like, hmm. An awareness... <clears throat> but it was distinct from like your other right it was friends. an awareness that at 35 why was a 4 year old going on 5 why am I aware of that right but that's at 4 at 5 I was just like hmm but at a, as a grown man I'm like what was I supposed to understand at that moment? Yeah. At that young, what was I supposed to understand about myself? Right. And I think at that moment, looking back, I think I was supposed to understand that, little Johnny, you're really different from everybody else. This is going to be challenging for you. 
life is going to be really challenging for you, but you can handle it. At what moment did you did did that that act that actually crystallized where that became like a real thought where you recognize like oh shit I am gay this is going to be a fucking issue. <laughs> what I imagine it's not a four you don't have like that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. It's about to get real interesting. Whew. So at four fifteen I was sexually assaulted by two boys from the football team of the high school that I went to. Whoa. Okay. Right. Um, Offer as much or as little detail about that story as you like. That sounds um, fucking crazy. And that's why, like, I, I say I'm one of God's favorites because I've always been protected. In every fucked up situation that you can imagine, I've been through, but I've always been protected. Like, in the actual moment, I've been scared to death but at that same time I know if I got out of the, if I was protected in the last situation I'd be okay mm. still terrified but at the same time it's that thing where you have to rely on that piece that surpasses all understanding mm. the same piece that I used to calm myself down when I really miss my father when I wanted to dial 803-466-8040 but it's that I pulled that out of my pocket and just Mm. But I had a great one for 28 years. You know what I'm saying? It's mm. it's that little moment that I draw upon which allows me to be able to talk about it. Um, when you're looking at a knife, it's like, this is going to be an issue. Fuck. Okay, so it's two dudes with a weapon. This is going to be, yeah. This is going to be an issue. Yeah. And then... When it's your first time and something is literally taken, something's being taken from you. Mm-hmm. You were virgin at the time, mm-hmm. what you're saying? Like, taken from you. Mm-hmm. Your virginity is being taken, stolen. Front, stolen. Violently, yeah. Shit. About two people you, you didn't necessarily trust, but you had a rapport built. Right. You didn't. You didn't think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Just going to help somebody study. Mm-hmm. And then you immediately, this is what, and I don't really know how to like put it into a realm of what it is, but this moment is the same moment that I had to recognize when I was four. Like, I'm different from everybody else. I can't call the police. Can't tell the principal. Definitely can't tell my father. Can't tell my mother. My brother's already said, I better not have a gay brother. So we were like, oh, and this is the moment where, this is why I have such a good time by myself, because at that moment, I had to become my best friend. Mm. Fuck. Wow. Good point. That's a crazy point. And, I mean, sometimes I <laughs> get, like, a little... It's like the ultimate feeling of isolation. Fuck, this terrible thing has happened. The only person that can, I can deal with this is myself. We're just going to have to handle this on our own here. That's when I learned how to self-talk. 
That's when I learned how to self-teach, self-fix. Literally, like, go inside my... Like, fold myself inward to dig as deep as I can to pull a smile because I still have to sing on the choir on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I still have to go to gymnastics. Still got to go to dance. Still got to go to saxophone lessons. Still got to go to piano lessons. Was part of the reason you thought you had to, because I don't this is, you know, this is a common thing, it seems like, with sexual assault victims, but in your, it's like not reporting, not telling, but in your case, it's different because it's, it's a homosexual interaction. Was that the biggest influencing factor where you were like, I can't, fuck, can't, like, can't let anybody know this? Did you feel like at fault? Mm-hmm. Because you knew you were gay prior to that. Oh, yeah. I, like I said, I've known I was different since I was, I recognized my difference when I was four. But. So did you feel like that was the reason you were targeted? Because those guys knew that? Mm-mm. Um, it was, looking back at it, it was all plotted. They knew what they were doing from Jump Street. Like they, but did they do it to the guy they knew was the gay guy in the school, or like that they? Knew? Oh no. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of kids assumed, and I didn't necessarily try to hide anything because I didn't. But this is still like what you said, two thousand two, so ninety eight to two thousand two. So not exactly like in Columbia, South Carolina. Not exactly. I'm sure there weren't a lot of like. Oh no! Dude there wearing dresses in your high school. There was one guy. His name was Jeremy. He, uh, like, had relaxed hair, and you just knew, like, he was very effeminate. Right. He was in the cosmetology program in high school. Uh-huh. And it's one of those things where when we would walk past each other in the hallway, I almost envied him a little bit because he had this uh, realm of freedom right. that I was like, man. Damn, yeah. Wow. That's so neat. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was picked on so much. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was so mean to him. Like, you know how, like, now the girls, literally females, will... They, some of them would love to have a gay best friend. Like, they love yeah. having gay friends. Yeah. Nope. But back in my day, our day, the guy... Uh, I would... The gay guy would crave to have female friends... Because they were the most genuine of the sort at right at that time. Right. Like guy I did not play with guys. I had one best friend. His name was Jasper. Um, he actually lives here now and decades later we ran into each other. I was going to New York for an audition and I was coming back from New York and we just ran into each other and chit chat exchange numbers but we kinda lost touch again but we were best friends from first grade until uh, sixth grade, and I just have an overactive bladder. This is about to get real personal. Um, so I just pee. I just I just stopped peeing in the bed till middle school, just because my bladder would send a signal too late to my brain. By that time, it was time I wouldn't make it, but whatever. <laughs> so we would always flip flop houses on bathroom down the hall. By the way, you think it's I'm I'm holding now. Go whenever you need to. Oh yeah. But um, so I peed on the floor that night, 
and I forgot his other best friend's name, but Miss Dawn, Jasper's mother, got me up. She's just so sweet. Took me to the bathroom, got helped me get my stuff together, whatever. Got me to, but I heard Jasper and old boy like laughing at me coming down the hallway, and I, I don't like really do best friends anymore. Since then, I mean, I have really good friends, but like. I mean, I have good friends, but I don't have, like... But you recognize that as, like, a watershed moment where, like, that mm-hmm. was your last best friend? Mm-hmm. Too much betray... It was too much? Was, you felt betrayed? Oh, my God. It, I said, Miss Dawn, can you call my mom, please? Wow. What and about then, romantic partners that you... What about boyfriends? Would you consider them best friends? Different thing? So you haven't had a best friend since Jasper in sixth grade. I haven't... I've actually never been in like a real relationship. Like Sekou was the longest. It was four years, but I mean, he was cheating all the time. So I mean, like your best friend wouldn't cheat on you. Right. So I don't. No. Fuck. That's crazy. That's why I put my ring back on. I'm like, I'm too deep into my season of confirmation, and like too many things have happened. So, like, I know I'm in a season of singleness because I know I love hard and I put a lot into a relationship. So, I think that component will mess the light and love up that I'm supposed to focus on right now. Right. So, I think that's why this season of confirmation and this season of singleness are, like, so intertwined and so paralleled at the moment. Wait, so you put the, a ring on when you're just like, I don't want dudes hitting on me? Really? And it's... It's like promises to myself. It's a reminder, gentle reminders of commitments and to myself and energy. Commitment to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in this mentality, but I have to stay focused because it'll dilute the authenticity of those first two hashtags. Light and love. Light and love. It'll, it'll damper it. And as you know me, as much as I love love, like it's all I see nowadays. It's, it's all, and the fact that I prayed for a nephew last year and he's here now. And that was a prayer to, like, I didn't say it out loud. Right. Because I knew my brother wasn't ready. But he's so juicy. <laughs> he's like perfect. He's huge. But, um, yeah. So when those when that happened, it took me back to four years old. I was like, oh, gosh, I know I'm different. But when that, when your virginity is, like, ripped from you, it, it does something to you. So having to retreat inside myself to self-fix, to act like nothing happened the day before, that was a lot. Leading up to that point, how was your childhood? Like when you reflect back in your childhood, up until that was basically high, you know, beginning of high school. Do you have positive, fond memories of growing up? Oh, I I love my upbringing. Like I wish we spent more time with my dad's side, but it's just it's interesting to see how much I'm like my parents as a grown man now, looking from a grown man's lens. But, like, my upbringing was 
I enjoyed it. I mean, I would have changed some things, but again, my parents were doing the best that they could with what they had to make sure we didn't have to grow up like they did. Right. Which we didn't. Like, my grandmother was going, my grandmother was the help. And my grandfather on my mom's side, he was a drunk. He was running behind my grandmother with a shotgun at least once a week. Wow. Through the house. But. South Carolina as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, childhood was great. Like, my parents busted their ass so I could take piano, take voice, be in theater, gymnastics, be very well-rounded, and go to schools on the other side of the tracks where they didn't have security guards at the school. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like I said, my father was a horrible husband, but a great dad. He was running around on your mom? Is that, is that what's going no, on? No, he just put work. I mean, he's a man, so every child wants to think that their parent is a saint, which right. I think he was. I know he had, like, he loved looking at women's butts. Yeah. But I don't think he ever stepped out on my mom. Oh, damn. That's good. And I know, I'm almost positive she was the only man. He's the only man she's ever been with. Um, That's cool. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I love my upbringing. And it, it was just your older brothers, your only sibling? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the black community, we have play play sisters and brothers. And right. I like that stuff too. But um, it was fun. Like, aunts lived around the corner, church every every Sunday, multiple times a week. Damn. Talking about that, so were you all were you all in? Were you buying oh. the Bible and God during, as a kid? And then um, I appreciate, and I've said this a couple times this year. Like I've appreciate I appreciated that our parents didn't like force the Bible down our throat. Uh-huh. We were very immersed in it, like right. it missionary meetings, Bible study, prayer meetings, church meetings, choir practice, choir invert. like it was a part of the life. The life. life the and, family's life. And it died down a lot like once you got your like driver's license and then in the teenage years once you started to okay. you know, find your own path and you got a little Leadway on the life rope, so you could kind of do things on your own. But in my world, got really heavy with dance and uh, performing and stuff. Did your um, religious life come into conflict, like psychologically or emotionally, with who you knew you were sexually? It very much did because in the Bible, it's just this is wrong, that is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. What denomination was your dad? What pre- Baptist. Black Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a lot of rainbows in church. No. <laughs> now that I think about it, Alex, uh, there were no rainbow flags in church. <laughs> Interesting. But it's like. Is that American or American? It's like American? Because there's white Baptists and black Baptists in the South. Is it like national and American or something? Some sort of weird. I'm like the most non knowledgeable preacher, excuse me. Okay. I'm not sure. You know the politics of it all? <laughs> because I'm like, it's just, it's just God. Why does it got to be so political? <sighs> yeah, totally. It's just God. Absolutely, man. I okay. think the order of services are different, and 
I'm just like, can we just feel love and feel warm and then go home? <laughs> yes. Can that can that be a thing? Yeah. That's a beautiful descriptor of it. I'm just saying. But like there was never an issue about directing the choir. Cause I mean the choir was like bomb.com. I was my dad's minister of music for like four or five years. Oh for real? That's mm-hmm. cool. I love and it's just always funny because there's like an undercurrent of a joke that all minister of music all ministers of music are gay. Are closet gay guys in the church. <laughs> because <laughs> that's like their outlet for it. You know how that's so funny. You know Lucifer was an angel. <laughs> He was in charge of <laughs> he was in charge of the music ministry. Okay, in heaven mm-hmm. was he? And, but he wanted too much praise and glory for it. So that's when God was like, "Bye, bitch, you got to go down now." Exile. It's my show. It's my show. Up here. It's my show. You want you just the choir director? You want too much? Like you turn the water to wine? Sit down. You're doing too much. <laughs> Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever your name is, go to hell. I cast thee. Okay, I'm bad. But, um. So, was that during high school you were doing that? Mm-mm. This was, uh, 2009. I got back from overseas, 2009. 7, 8, I left, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, let's back up real quick and then we'll go more crap. No, 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 it's good. This conversation is going all the place. It's okay, fun. yeah. I'm really bad about that, but continue. Okay, so let's take it, let's pick up in high school and then we'll pro- like, progress through your stages of life. So it sounds like good childhood, parents were supported, loving, good relationship with your brother. Mm, no, because I, there was an undercurrent. My brother didn't want a gay brother. Okay. So, and he kind of knew that all along. Oh he's yeah, yeah, four years, four years older than me. So yeah, by the time you're expressing that, he's you know, uh, yeah, he's realizing something. And different. right, and that you know, when you have, when you have a sibling that's four years older than you, the stages of you becoming your own, you're not together. Right. In middle school, he's already in high school. Right. When I'm in high school, he's already in yeah. college. So the in those la- latter years, when we would be together. I was like a new individual every time he met right, me. Right, yeah. And so he, we never knew each other. We love him. I go to bat for him. If I have to drive to Atlanta, let's fill the car up, let's go, let's buy a plane ticket, whatever. But we're just literally now, 2019, mm. we're just learning each other. Wow, yeah. I was having conversations with his girlfriend, and she would say, I would say something, and she would be like, oh, that's Bobby's favorite, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, interesting. Like, really? Like, we both love clouds. We both love watching construction. And we... <laughs> <laughs> Alex, right. When Kelly says this, I'm like, shut the fuck up. We, we both love the same brand of gummy bears. Well, <laughs> yeah. And we've never brothers. eaten... We've never eaten gummy bears together. Right, yeah. So y'all weren't kicking it. Oh God, no! Okay, absolutely not, absolutely not. Bobby wanted to go to the mall one time with this girl, and in the black family, your mom's like, "You can go, as long as your little brother can go." Right. 
we were walking through the food court, and as soon as you get through the food court at Columbia Mall on Two Notch Road, it's at the intersection of Two Notch and Decker. Uh, as soon as you get through the food court, you pass the McDonald's play area, and then you make a left, and there's Belk in front of you. Bobby told me, as soon as he made this left, Bobby was like, just hang back a little bit. I don't want nobody to know you're my little brother. Yep. And at that moment, I was like, I was 12. He was just telling you that straight up. Like, wasn't trying to be a dick, or... Was he trying to send a message, or who's just been like, enough for real, this is... Mm. I'm 16, I'm trying to look cool here, so you're not helping. I took it, again, it goes back to that four years old, I was just like, hmm. It's like I had to think like an adult at four, for a brief moment, and then I just went back to Justin pushing me on the swing. Right. And, like, me and Justin would always go to the bathroom at the same time. Because there were six urinals and six stalls. And we would always stand at the last two urinals. And we would always ask Miss Darren to go to the bathroom together. He'd look at my PP and I'd look at his PP. Really? But it was more of a, like, I got one of those, too. Right. Not like... Right, but what I'm wondering is, it's back to the question I asked earlier, is... But there was something different between you and Justin. Were you looking at everybody's, Mm-mm. every little boy's dick? No. Or was something about Justin? Like there was a connection. There, I think the connection was I felt safe. Because, and I don't know what Justin's last name is. I don't know where he is in life right now. He may be completely straight. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe completely gay. Would have married with a kid. Don't know. But... We had some type of nonverbal understanding where he was understanding and I was understanding. And I don't I don't know. I just felt like he wasn't gonna tell Miss Deborah. And he never did. Mm-hmm. He never did. Going back to the brother at twelve at the mall, oh. that was it was the moment. I was like, I don't want them to know I have a little brother, period. I'm 16. It's not cool to hang out with your 12 year old little brother. It's like a combination of TGIF and Hallmark and Twilight Zone. It was, I had to take it as I'm a little brother. This is me, like at 12. Like, I have to be the mature one again. Like, he doesn't want the mall. The girl already know we together. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants the mall to know he has to trail his little brother in the mall, like the episode on ABC on Friday mm-hmm. night. I think it was that in conjunction with definitely don't want them to know that my little brother's with me and he's gay. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, he didn't, he didn't. Mm-hmm. This was who I was at 12. Skipping through the mall. Skipping through the mall, mall. doing little jet two two and, and car wheels. <laughs> with the mannequins. <laughs> right. well, are you just saying goodbye? Yeah. Ah, bro, this is my roommate. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. This is the last time you watch. Yeah. Oh. You got an hour to get a bus off? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm taking the train up, but, um, yeah, I'm going to grab the last. I think I'm going to run, drop some stuff off at Yuma Street, and then come back and try to grab that bed frame. I'm still looking for, like, the, like, the little wrench thing. Okay. Um, well, you probably be pretty quick. What do you want to do with the internet? 
Yeah, so I was going to say, so like the internet and the projector, I think I've got anything else left there. But if the, uh, like the router and the projector, if you do drop it at Yuma or Hadere's number. Yes. You can drop it with Yuma or Hadere, whatever's easier for you, or even at Evans. I'll drop it with Hadere because I need to say goodbye to her anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, or if you're going to go say goodbye to Evan or Yaz or any of them, like e- either way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll say, okay. Well, whatever's, whatever works for you. Um, that'd be sick. Cool. I'd appreciate that. All right, bro. Yeah. What else? What are you doing, man? What's your plan? You got... Finishing this up. We're, how many we're, more hours left in, uh, in this building? Oh, I should give you my keys now, too, huh? Oh, yeah, give me anything you need. Dude, I don't know. I'm going to finish up this with John. We'll be here probably for another, honestly, probably two hours doing this. Yeah. One hour in. Uh, then... That's cool. It's funny. I feel like I've heard so much about John. I know, I right? I to stay in, like... Man, we miss you. This was this was a blast. I know, dude. But you won't be a stranger. No, I'm not a stranger to you. I'm more con- I'm concerned about this fucking guy. We barely got our relationship started. Nice to meet you, dude. Yeah, I, 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 I was told so much about you, like going through like you. training and stuff. So. Well, this is my buddy. I love how the universe works. I'm really yeah. loving this him. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. How's How's Equinox going? We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cool. It is what it is. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. Were you training somewhere before there? or LA Fitness. LA Fitness. Oh, okay. Which was a complete mess. Wait, is LA Fitness like the same thing as Equinox in West End? No, that's LA Sports Club. LA Sports Club. Or was LA Sports Club. Yeah. All those sports clubs? You know that Equinox Sports Club? Used to be called LA Sports Club. Oh, really? And Econox bought it. I think there's like eight of them nationwide. Oh. And they're branching off like a separate business. Like, there's multiple Econox sports clubs. Because they don't want to have uh, volleyball tournaments. Yeah, it just doesn't like meet the. That one's gross. Like, I, I don't know if it would any ever, anyone you ever talked to about the West End one is always so like ugly. Where is, where is that one? The one with the training. The one with the EFTI. I hate that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Everyone always says that. The bathrooms aren't as nice as the new one. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. It's I just like. Showers. The showers. I've never showered in a sports club. I don't even understand. The showers are so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. Alex has come back and said, Yeah, I shower two, three times a day now. Yeah, that's so nice. true. But I will say, every time I get in there, I just want to rub one out. <laughs> that's so sensual. Every time I get in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, we fucking right now. It's, it's like a borderline sexual experience, is it not? I mean, it's a very like, sexual experience. In my head, there's a full, like, show. <laughs> yes, that's what it feels everything, like. Everything's happening in that show. That's awesome. The lighting is amazing. The light, the sound, no, it, it, the yes. oils. And I'm telling you, every time I get in there, I'm like, oh shit, I'm like aroused. Like, I, just, I gotta go back out there and like train. I do like get this out of my system. This but is you why can I see the silhouette. You can see everyone's silhouette. I've honestly thought about it. I've honestly thought like I'm gonna be here all fucking day. I need to get. I need to bust a nut. I'm like, why did they design that like that? that is, I think that's. Well, you can see everyone's shadow. That's yeah. It's, it's like this. Like okay. you see the silhouette of like yeah. Alex. Like, that's what I'm saying. You definitely would. <laughs> Definitely would. Oh, don't worry. He's uh. That's just Alex. He's on break. 
Yeah. Right. Like, he can do whatever he wants. It's not my block. Alright, baby, I'll see you around DC. Right. Yes, please. Oh, Take care. Four months. Good luck with babies. I know, right? With what? Uh, Alex is having a baby. <laughs> He's gonna be a dad. I'm kind of having a baby. I'm gonna take care of her baby. I'm talking to this. <laughs> we talked about this. We're supposed to raise our kids together. <laughs> Just have a separate part of the Yeah, that's what? still on the table. Is there a kid in play? Alex is gonna practice with this kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm convinced. He's doing the okay. practice round. Gotcha. Do what? I got a PC. Alright, guys. Have fun. Alright. See you, man. Take care, dude. That's so wild. That's a. Uh, that's it. That's me saying goodbye to Sam. So, Sam is. My roommate. Yeah, but. He that's is. That's not the best friend for me. Or all y'all the best friend. No, it's just us two. He's one of my best friends. I thought there was three. No, just two of us. Okay. Oh, when you said I didn't want to do that to my best friend, I thought, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, he's my... Like, you're saying you don't have any best friends? That's like the lifeblood of my existence. Mm. I'm super close to my mom and sister. Not super close anymore, but I'm, I have a good relationship, close relationship with my sisters and my mom. But, like, the relationships I value most are, like, my best friends. I'd say I probably have... Like maybe ten best friends of like dudes I would call up, could talk to about anything. Like the relationship that you and I have, if you and I, you would be on that list in like a year. Mm-hmm. If I was staying in the same city, like a relationship where like you connect with someone immediately, you could talk about anything. There's a total comfort. You trust their opinion. Uh, there's, and to me, what a big part of it is there's the perfect balance of. Kindness and good sense of humor. That's like the biggest thing for me in terms of like finding a best friend. You have to be super kind and you have to be funny. <laughs> or like be able to laugh but at that's a joke. Like, that's important. So important. That's important. I'll have a lot of friends that are either really nice but kind of lame and not funny or super funny but are dicks. And it's like they'll be my friend. Mm-hmm. Because either they're either really, really, really nice, or they're really, really, really funny and fun to be around. Mm-hmm. But they miss the niceness, or they, they miss the, the funness. Mm-hmm. But if you're both, then I'm like, oh shit, okay. You could be like, like mm-hmm. essentially like a boyfriend without, or you know, without any sexual thing. And so there's probably like ten dudes I've met throughout my life. Where I'm like, okay, I need to keep you on my like around. And okay, so I take it, I do have best friends that I can call and be like, like my roommate. This is gonna get really interesting. How long do you have? Like two more hours. Okay, it's still don't ever want to get like Alex. So much has. Guys, do another episode. Okay, so much has happened. And like, the reason I'm glad I'm going to have this job because I'm going to have a reserve. Like, I'm actually going to be able to do things now as a real adult. Mm -hmm. So I'm. I've never been able to like. I'm going to go see a friend like in a different state. Mm -hmm. Just the nature with musical theater and. A starving artist, you just don't have that reserve as a grown person's account should. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm really excited that, like, I can't. I've been really bad about when somebody like leaves a job or a show ends. Okay, yeah, we text here and there, but like, there's no reason why we can't continue to grow and push each other mm-hmm. just because you're going to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. 
Like now I have a reserve. I can go see my friend at like that's my mm-hmm. friend. I want to keep Alex put my Alex puts my heart in, in mental space in a good place. Mm-hmm. Like I love that energy that I need in my life to keep my light and love exuding and radiant. But like now I'm like I'm going to go see my friend Alex mm-hmm. this weekend in Los Angeles. <laughs> And I don't have to worry about eating peanut butter and jelly right. when I get back. Right. Like, it's not a burden anymore. It mm-hmm. won't be a burden. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I do. You, have, you do have people like that. Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. But, like, I literally had a best friend be like, I don't want to be a best friend because you forgot to give me a haircut. What? That's um, not a best friend. Exactly. We had been through a lot. I was having surgery my third this was my fourth surgery. I was having my third surgery that week. As a dancer, you're like, damn. Yeah, this is this is not good. This, this is could be it. This is now like every nine years, my knee has to be cleaned up and fixed. Mm-hmm. Again, the surgery this May was year number nine. It had to be cleaned up and fixed again. Mm-hmm. So that going back to surgery number three, I wasn't really thinking about your haircut. <laughs> I'm like. Maybe the doctor was right on surgery number two. I need to find a new profession. Mm -hmm. But so when that happened, I just kind of put my mind when it comes to the word best friend in a different, like, I'm about to move. I'm about to have surgery. I'm not worried about whether your hairline is all right right now. (laughs) Right. I'm about to get cut open Mm -hmm. for the third time. They're doing a double surgery. So do you have people in your life that like something like that? Okay, so like, so I said the funniness and the kindness thing. What I'm also starting, what I've learned in the past year actually, is that um, I think maybe for the first time I I lost a best friend. Maybe mm-hmm. it's when I sat down and told someone something about myself or things I had done that is like very disappointing. Like it reflected poorly on my character, um, and then that person was like, I guess that like shattered the image of what they had of me. And all of a sudden, it, like, we've lost contact since then. Mm-hmm. That list of 10 people that I told you that are my best friends, I could pretty much tell them anything about myself short of me being like, hey, I killed a guy last night or I raped a girl last night. Mm-hmm. I could pretty much tell them anything about some sort of mistake or bad decision I make. And they may be disappointed. And they may tell me that, like, I need to grow up or whatever. But they would still be there for me, right? It wouldn't be an end to the relationship. Uh, so I think that's like a new standard of what's a best friend. Like we can go through something. I can I can do something bad, or you can do something bad and disappointing. But I'm still got your back here. Uh, and do you feel like you have? I mean, the haircut thing is super low on that list. Like, hey, I forgot to give you a haircut. That's like, like I'm talking about. And I'm I sat down with a friend recently and told them about essentially that I, in my last relationship I was a really shitty boyfriend. And I detailed some things that I'd done that were shitty. Examples of being a shitty boyfriend. And he just, like, couldn't take it. Like, it was, like, too much. Like, wow, I didn't think you would ever be that kind of boyfriend. <laughs> well, once again, it wasn't like I was beating up my ex-girlfriend or something. It was, mm-hmm. you know, being a bad boyfriend stuff. Normal being a bad boyfriend stuff. And that, like, we've kind of lost top contact since then. I could tell any of the other... Any of my other best friends or good friends, that kind of shit, and they'd be like, ah, oh, man... Can't yeah. do that shit or whatever. Like you're an idiot, right? right? And but that it wouldn't affect the relationship long term. 
do you have friends in your life like that who you could who you have a friendship with who you've known you know for yes. an extended period of time who you the relationship is strong it could survive turmoil uh, oh yeah I mean me and Courtney are like that like her daughters call me Uncle John um, but we've never used the term best friend but like we're so close like she sat on the front pew with beside me on my father's service oh the funeral mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. okay at the burial she was holding my hand that's how close we are um but she lived with they just moved to Charlotte so I just saw her yesterday we had a great time yesterday she came over to Auntie Tiny house and like immediately Auntie Tiny was like you're around the corner my house is your house just right. call me and let me know when you need to come over and the girls come over mm-hmm. um but like her and Tanisha, they're best friends. You know, like gotcha. Yeah, I don't. I I think you understand. It makes sense in my head. Yeah, I understand. Um, like in my head, me and my brother should be best friends. In your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like recently, like I do have individuals that I can call and talk to, but I'm usually the hero. Mm-hmm. I'm usually talking to everybody else off the ledge mm-hmm. and making everybody else see the silver lining or mm-hmm. trying so hard to. Um, and recently, I've been trying to help my brother and his girlfriend get it together, but at the same time, I'm like, that's not my business. Right. Love them to death, but at the end of the day, they're adults. They know what they need to do to make their relationship. Right. Um, so where are we now? High school. I think the last like, chronological stuff we were talking about religion and, and during childhood. Yeah, Let's trans- go ahead. It wasn't forced, and I appreciate that it wasn't forced. We got to experience the greatness of God, but now when I say God, I'm saying the universe and the multiverse because, you know, I, I only operated on what I learned in church. Mm-hmm. And what I, all we learned was that there was a sun and nine planets that went around it. <laughs> That's it. I didn't know there was a galaxy Andromeda mamas (laughs) around the corner creeping up on us. That changed the picture a little bit. (laughs) I didn't know that. open up this God terminal. This whole time they didn't think Pluto was a real planet and now he gone and now there's 76. Where'd he go? What? How you just take the planet? Pluto been chilling. Mind his business since I was in 19. What the fuck? He just out there like, hello, hello. Hello. Guys. Come over here. I'm still going around the big bitch, too. <laughs> but I think that's now I'm so fascinated with outer space and uh, every docu-series and documentary on it on Netflix. How does that... How do you, recognize, how do you reconcile... Not reconcile, it's the wrong word. Uh, I keep... How does your spiritual beliefs... Do they change as your scientific beliefs change, especially to to do with space? Um, do they does it alter your religious beliefs? It it actually solidifies it even more because at the end of every documentary, it's just like we assume or we think, and the fact that no human being will ever be able to understand a how we got here, b when we all started, please. Engulf me with the facts. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. But there will never be a single soul that can say, 
this is definitely what happened mm-hmm. a gajillion years ago. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's fascinating to compound that on top of what I already believe. Because whether you want to say it or not, it all started from something. Mm-hmm. This All this nothing came from something. And nobody can... Mm-hmm. So if you believe that we here right now, you gotta believe in Zeus, and you gotta <laughs> believe that there is Andromeda Mamada, the galaxy nineteen to the left north star is on its way and it's gonna run into us eventually. You gotta believe that Jesus got sent his little sperm through the atmosphere and it went up into Mary Huha and she got pregnant. You gotta believe it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's but so we're gonna get into it now, but just thoughts are coming as you're talking. So that could potentially be the origin in some sort of theoretical way, some sort of divine sperm, meaning some sort of divine I'm sure there's mother figure gives birth to existence. I'm sure will gave birth to save existence. Okay, <laughs> got you. Sorry, I gotta incorporate what I know. <laughs> but <clears throat> to me, ultimately, that big old book is about love. So, but right. That this is, I'm going to have to fly out to see because there's no way that yeah we're not going to cover all that and I want to focus on you during this conversation okay I mean so, that is part that's yeah that's true it's yeah. part of all it's me I grew up in it um, let's combine best friends topic with high school topic what was your social life like oh, during that's high school I we have to go back to when I was 10 5th grade okay I had a best friend Christian um I'm pretty sure if Christian was alive, he'd be, we'd be gay BFFs. Okay. Like, we were best friends. He got me. I got him. There was a nonverbal understanding, like, oh, you like boys, too. Right. Because we're 10 now. Like, right. Uh, it's coming clear. It's, come, it's coming clear. Like, oh, they don't hear talking about little girls, but I just want to play in their hair. Right. I don't like, I'm not, right. I don't feel that. Right. About a female like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, fast uh, fast forward. We played kickball on softball on Thursday on the dirt field at Forest Lake Park on Wedgefield Road. That's after school care. Um, I always have to like look off into mm-hmm. the distance to see it, and then I'll come back to you. <laughs> got you. <laughs> like you know that. how my mind works. Yeah, I got you. Just like working out, you got to go back and you got to yeah. use what you want to move. Um, so we're playing I'm sitting on the first row of the bleachers it's like five silver raggedy bleachers of five tier five seats and I'm sitting on the end of the second row Christian's on first base the I forgot a little white kid hit the ball but the ball went to first base and hit Christian in the head on Thursday right this whole time Christian has a brain tumor nobody knows that happens on Thursday. Friday, we go skating. I'm an avid skater. I have my name on my skates. I didn't want a car for his graduation. I didn't want, like, money. I didn't want no Jordans. I didn't want no bubble jacket. I didn't want none of that shit. I wanted my name on my skates. I wanted these $400 skates. I wanted my name spray painted on wow. the side. Okay. With a flame. It says, Adriel. With a flame. <laughs> Do you know, I did... The Wiz two years ago at Ford's Theater. Do you know those skates made motherfucking comeback? They were in the show. You were 10? What? When you got the skates? 
Oh, no. I got the states for graduation. High school. school. Okay, I got you. Got but you. in the South, in the hood, right. you learn how to skate when you learn how to walk. Right. Like skating is Inline a thing. or, or roller uh-huh. skates? I'm black. We roller skate. I don't know. Wow. Inline. That shit is fucking hard. Yes. Inline's better. Yes, it is. We had a skating phase too in my neighborhood, but it was inline. It was like mm-hmm. shredding, you know. See, the black kids, shit. we would make fun. We make fun of kids who use inline skates. Gotcha. Nah, no, nah, I don't get that. <laughs> hockey, street hockey. Don't bring them in Red Ring Railway. Not on Decker Boulevard. Nope. Was there dancing incorporated into it? Or was that performative? Alex, no. There was like people had routines. You had to shuffle. You it wasn't just you. Oh no. Okay. Like. Friday night was Christian skate night. Saturday day was just all skate. Saturday night was team night. Sunday was adult night. Like adults. Oh yeah, I would drive from Charlotte to Columbia, which was like an hour and fifteen minutes, on Sundays to go to adult skate night. Wow. Oh, like skating is skating is a thing. Is it still a thing? It's dying out. Is it? It's because of. I mean, you still have your. I, I, I couldn't tell you last time I saw a skate rink. Oh, there. I mean, they have three or four in the DMV, but it's just like you see old heads do it. Like very rarely, you don't see that many kids having their birthdays there anymore. I mean, some kids go, but it's not like it's not a thing anymore. Right. Like right. back in the day, you couldn't wait for Saturday uh, morning from nine to two. Mm-hmm. Like you was ready, you was at the skate rink at nine o'clock, ready to go, mm-hmm. and you skated until two o'clock. Wow. Yeah. But um, we went skating that Friday for uh, um, after-school care or whatever. And Christian just sat in the concession with his hands like this, and he didn't say nothing, wouldn't say a word to me. But I just sat there with him. And for me, not to skate, that's like, mm-hmm. that's up there. Mm-hmm. And he passed away that Saturday. The next day? Mm-hmm. My mom called me because his mom called my mom. And my mom was like, I need to talk to you. And I already knew it. I already knew it. It was the same feeling when I was 11 in 1996. When I heard the counselor's heels coming down the hallway, I knew she was going to tell me my granddad passed away. I knew it. So your mom got off the phone with his mom and mom. said, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, I know. Did you feel something on Friday or on Friday when you were hanging out at the skating rink? I knew something was going to happen because I could not, like, I re, I can I can see the sunlight over there. It was a beautiful day. Like, I can see everybody in the outfield. I was just locked in on Christian. The same way, the same sensation, the way I was locked in that car, in my rearview mirror that hit me on Saturday, same sensation. Before he got hit in the head, you were locked in on Mm-hmm. Like, you were sensing something was going to happen? Mm-hmm. And the fact that I would not leave his side at the skate rink. And when he, I gave him a hug when Miss Christian, Miss Christina came to get him. That was the last time. Fuck. Ten year old. I can't even imagine. I think the first time I even remember like death of any kind of significance aside from like a great grandmother, I think was like. 14 or 15 I can't imagine being 10 and it being your best friend and I since then I never really processed death I don't want to say correctly but I just processed it completely differently and then it like the switch flipped again when my father passed I was like oh 
this is what it feels like when somebody dies. So are you numb to Christian's mm-hmm. death? Afterwards. Um, like, it did something to me. Up until essentially 18 years. You said you're 28 when your dad died? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 18 years. I did not. But now I don't go to funerals. And you felt, you're saying you felt your dad's death? You felt that and, like, the significance of death? I, that moment that happened, I was leaving LA Fitness. I was coming home from work. And his secretary called me screaming. I was on 50. 50 West headed back to Maryland. She just called me screaming like, but I don't remember parking the car. I don't remember my potential line brothers at this moment. I don't remember them coming over. I don't remember my boyfriend coming over. I don't remember being driven to the airport. Whoa. I don't remember like laying in the street, like hollering. That happened. I don't remember any of it. But that happened, laying in the street hollering? So your dad's death was unexpected? Oh, God, yeah. How'd he die? Heart just stopped. May 19th, 2013. He was how old? 63. I don't know her. Hmm? I don't know her. I don't know her. Fuck. And you had a good relationship with your dad. Uh, like, this shit never went south between you and your dad. Or not your dad south. Sour, but not south. Gotcha. He was born in 1950. Right. Again, he ain't know what to do no black gay kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my father recognized that I had gifts. But, and so that was battling within him. Like, no, he's supposed to be tainted. He's supposed to be of the the devil. He's, right. He's homeless. He can't have gifts and be gay. Right. So him recognizing that I'm different but anointed it was very it was it's, it was troubling for him probably never in his lifetime got totally reconciled that shit yeah I mean our relationship got a lot better and I was like you gotta start preaching about homosexuality or I'm gonna walk out oh so he was actually preaching about that in the church sometimes mm-hmm. okay would, would you be at sermons where he's preaching against homosexuality I was his minister of music I right. had to be at church so what are you sitting there doing? Like, <laughs> how do you, what song do you follow that sermon up with? This face. <laughs> oh, really? Is that is that physically being expressed on your face? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've always again, I've always been like this. Right. But I had to be respectful because right. so I would have to <laughs> right, and then lock eyes with my sister because my sister and my mother sang on the choir. Are they locking eyes with you or are they looking away? Sister, um, wait, where does the sister come from? Oh, so Courtney, who... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we've been kicking it since 14. We're two months apart. But, um, yeah, so Mama looking straight ahead, but me and Courtney like... <laughs> How long are we going to do And this? I was at the club last night. Right. <laughs> Probably still drunk. Right. Trying to direct the choir, everybody just swaying, but who if y'all don't stay still? <laughs> trifling. Not even trifling. I'm like, there was no handbook how to be a black gay preacher's kid. Right. There, there's no handbook for this. Still not, probably. No, there is no handbook. You can write it right now, I guess. You could write it. <laughs> you write a few chapters. <laughs> I can make a contribution, a healthy contribution. 
Um, so was that? Let's go back to Christian's death. That um, this is all over the place. It was editing. That's good. Um, it just did something to me, like seeing his face at the wake. I don't. I don't do them. I had to go to my aunt's. Do you do remember seeing his body, ten-year-old's body? Wow. And there's like, this is the only outlet I had. Even though we didn't talk about anything at ten years old, it was understood. Right. So just us being in each other's presence was security to me. Right. Because I didn't have. There was no other little black boy who that was gay. That was my friend. Right. It's now gone. Like, now again. And it wasn't until that dude in high school, what did you say his name was? Straight hair? Or, like, you've... Oh, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. The... Was that the next, like, potential counterpart that you felt? Some sort of no, kindred connection? No, me and Jeremy, we never talked. Right. Because now it's high school, so, like... I can't be associated with you because now I see all the shit that you got to go through. I'm already going through shit. I know it's going to be even double shit of two black boys together. It's just going to be too much shit. So I'm like, we'll just... Post-Christian, do you think you locked yourself off a little bit to developing close friendships? Probably. That's why, like, now... I'm self-fixing and I'm saying I'm still so I would imagine still that's crazy to lose your best friend especially with the unique connection that y'all had given your circumstances at 10 fuck and I'm sure the only way you not to say this is bad but I'm sure the only way that you were guided through processing that and going through the grief process was was Jesus yeah of what I knew how to at 10 right because I'm still trying to uh, make sure I use the period and commas and get my multiplication facts together. Mm-hmm. So it's like during your receiving like mental health counseling. Right. I think I did something to my knee. But yeah, it's it's so layered. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm so deep on a ten is deep. That's crazy. And that's just already on top of every day. Kids are making fun of you, and you don't understand why. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so intertwined, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's so beautiful because I'm just glad I'm I'm able to be here now to talk about this. Mm-hmm. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Like ten, middle, elementary, middle school, high school? Were you thinking all about like post, like adult life, post childhood life? Even younger, I didn't know this is what I wanted, uh-huh. but I just wanted to be like peaceful I didn't want like people picking on me every day I didn't want to worry about I know I'm supposed to have male friends but they're so mean I don't want to I don't worry I don't didn't want to worry about that I doesn't I didn't really necessarily have a career focused wow so those are the aspirations just like general life Structure aspirations, normal stuff. freedom and peace. You weren't even thinking like I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I mean, let's go to law school and then like start a practice of my own. Okay, like I, just like I just want to be feel chill. I just, right, I just wanted to feel chill. Like this is, I shouldn't be like wow. six and seven feeling like tense. Look, yeah. Like are they gonna beat me up because I skip when I walk? Right. Did you feel that way through high school? Mm-hmm. So into high school, I was like. 
it was it just got worse and worse but as it got worse and worse I just had to be my own best friend again my own best friend again and then they hit like a little snack because I was in the gospel choir and the uh, teacher because you know in high school every social event every social club committee has to have like a teacher faculty member in charge of the lady in charge of our gospel choir she called me a faggot one day like under her breath what but I saw it there's there's a high school affiliated gospel choir so this is separate from dad's gospel yes 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 yes. and you know (coughs) back in our day like Kirk Franklin was coming out so he was making like gospel music this is like year 2000 yes Gossip music, exactly. 2001, gossip music is changing the game and it's becoming more secular and like uh, targeted toward youth. So now, like, you have a lot of gospel choirs popping up in high schools or whatever. And, um, you know, you've heard the saying, like, preacher's kids are bad. Wasn't I wasn't bad, but I did have a mouth. I had a little attitude. Right. But as a grown man looking back, it was my defense mechanism right. to just be picked on all the time. Right. You got it, I got it more. Right. Try me. Right. And um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know what I said to her. Because you know, at high school, you're always on the defense. Right. It's always the adult's fault. Right. I'm sure I said something which provoked her. Because I had, I, I had an attitude in the mouth. Right. But all I saw was you faggot. But under a breath. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the way our high school was set up, you walked in and you immediately saw like this big wood panel that kind of rise uh, went up with a degree because you know you have the risers in the seats. So you had to go around that to like go into see the choral space. But so I was sitting on the third row. That's where the, I was the first in here because I was a soprano all the middle school. Just add that on top of everything. Okay. And then. Uh, First year in uh, high school, I was a still a soprano, and then I went to alto, and then I went to tenor. Uh, so I was a tenor by my senior year, but now I'm a bass baritone, which is hilarious to me. Be gay as gay, and I have How the that deepest. Happen? Is that development, just development of your voice, vocal cords? I think so, yeah. Did you go through puberty late or something? Oh, yeah. Oh. I felt like my puberty was elongated. I was like, is this older yet? Please let this be over because I felt like every school year my voice dropped a register. Every school year. And then being black. Well, yeah, because I mean, this is obviously audio format, but like <laughs> you're a very masculine guy. Like you're a big man. You're a big brawny man. It just, it, it confuses and complicates so much. <laughs> yeah. It complicates so much because, you know, we're, our society. We already have preconceived notions of what we think an individual is like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's even to the point where I noticed that Zeke, my masculine, brawny, yeah. toxic masculine guy, personality, <laughs> he gets all the attention. But when I post about Delilah Dean or this in a feminine light, that response pool is very, very different from Zeke's and it just it really it's very interesting to me because some people have message like we don't like Delilah Dean (laughs) my little pussy brings me back start chugging some beers and touching tits I'm sorry (laughs) I'm like 
It's really not about what you like. But you're missing the point here. You're missing. You're missing it. And I knew it was going to happen, but I was like, girl. But it's interesting while I'm working out, like pushing 225 for 15 or whatever, and then legit like doing an eight count to get to the water fountain. <laughs> Ball changing, powder beret, a mini jetty with a Beyonce pose before I get to the water fountain. Again, it's very complicated. And right. very Do you feel that? From other people? No, 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 not from other people. Within yourself. Like, is there actually this kind of internal conflict between Zeke and Delilah Dean? Man, it's so freeing now because they've always been there, but I didn't know who these other characters were. Like, I use them when I go to auditions. It's not just like, I need a straight jacket. And it's not like, I pray before I go into this mental space because people are crazy. And I want to make sure I'm always in my right mind. Mm -hmm. But... It is a above anything else. It's a character development because when I go into auditions, I have to be somebody else. Like I can't be Jonathan in an audition because there's no role right now for Jonathan. Right? Right. Maybe one day. Right. But so I was like, oh, you're going to character auditions for straight men. I'm assuming, right? And most of the time, you because most characters and yes, of now work are back in the day, people. yes. But now since everything's so free or whatnot, right. It, it's low-key kind of makes... It pisses me off when I'm on auditions and I'm like, you you don't know how to switch it up? Right. <laughs> what actor are you? What kind of, <laughs> What you... This is the same person that was warming up outside. Right. And you just... I don't... I don't understand it. So I wanted to... Like, we are, we're creatures of... We need to be creatures of growth. You can't be the same. So I was like, oh, well, I'll kind of use this with my social media to develop these characters and see. And it's not, my selfies and videos are not vanity by any stretch of the imagination. I take my selfies and videos like I want to see where the universe has brought me from. Mm-hmm. Like there were moments where I could not look myself in the mirror without like boohoo balling and just like going to crawl, crawl in the bed and just ball up. Mm-hmm. But it's really to see, like, like I wouldn't post anything previously with all these blemishes on my face. But I'm like, that's what the, this is stress. This is what life is. This is what happens when you're trying to build your clientele at Equinox and you eat peanut butter and jelly and your mind is in you trying to figure out how to get home and see your nephew and you trying to figure out why your brother and his girlfriend can't get it together so y'all don't create another cycle. Like, get it together. But so, like, my videos at home, yep, all this. Because this is, this is real. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that I'm a one-shot pony with my social media. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not doing no seven takes. If it, the shit don't happen on the first time... Wrong with it. I like that. I like that. The dude at Walmart, I was taking a video at Walmart at home. I usually would push the record button when I hand it to him, but sometimes I forget to tell people that I did that that I've done that so they push it so now nothing's been recorded I had a great Mariah Carey all I want for Christmas is you in Walmart at home in Columbia did he get it? no oh he gave it to him to take it to you? 
Because he was on that little ladder. I said, oh, that's about to be a cute <laughs> angle today. I said, excuse me, Jordan, will you do this thing? <laughs> Nothing, Alex. I was like, no, he got nothing. He got the final. Are you going to redo it? No. He got the very, very end of me like walking up and charging to take the phone. And I was like, we're going to make it work. So I used that to like lead up. And it was part of the story. Like, Jordan fucked it up. But it's okay, Walmart. Y'all got some good associates because he was supposed to be on the clock. But he was taking the video for me. And then another song came on. And it was better than the first one. So I'm like, thanks, universe. I'm a one-shot motherfucking pony. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not filtering. I play with the shit, but mm-mm. we're not doing that. What did so graduating high school? Did you think that you wanted to go down some sort of route like this, theater performative route? 2011. Yes. 2011. A we had a. I quit gymnastics, and I was like, I don't. 2011. 2001, sorry. I oh. quit gymnastics before I was 17. Six, 17. And I just had a really bad accident at um, practice one day. Just over-rotated on a double back tuck and landed on the back of my neck. Real quick, sorry. So gymnastics first got introduced at four with fucking Miss Lizzie's coming to the preschool. Yeah, gymnastics. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie's school of dance. <laughs> And so, did you start picking it up from there? Yes, from I four? went to Kelly's gymnastics. So that was like your sport. That was your sport growing up. You weren't like um, I did dance like once or twice a week, but I just loved. I, my parents really promoted it because it wore me out. Was your brother playing like basketball and football and shit? Basketball, football, wrestling, baseball. <laughs> he, Alex, we're like, if there's a center line, that's just like cool people like you like cool people and then there's really really straight and really really gay Bobby's really really straight and I'm really really gay like I had my uh, five below t-shirt on yesterday before I left Charlotte <laughs> I came downstairs and before I put it on again my my aunts everybody's like oh born in the 40s and 50s 60s 40s and 50s so everybody's still like no, we don't do homosexuality. But my aunt, I'll show you a video. My aunt be like, yes. I'm like, okay. So did your family, that part of your family, the, the older ones of your family, they're still kind of not really cool with you? Oh, I'm at this point, like, you can, if, I always tell my family, like, every time I go home, they're like, Jonathan is a different human being every time he comes home. Grow, growth-wise, like, um... I'm very secure in who I am, and I'm very, every time I go home, I'm very More secure. secure. Yeah. And well, history is now on your side, right? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like you are. And it's I'm like I always tell my family, I'm very open. If you can ask me whatever question you like, that's just make sure you're ready for the answer. That's very true. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Just make sure. So they don't ask me questions. <laughs> I don't know those fucking answers. Everybody <laughs> kept looking at this. Oh, really? No one asked? Nobody asked a single question what this is on my finger. Right. And I saw eyes. Even my little nephew, we play like little games. Because it's official if they ask and you tell them, like, oh, I got married to Mm -hmm. a dude. To a dude. Then then it's, like, too real. There's a ring on the finger. I'm the only grandkid who's not, like, this is another topic, another episode, another day. I'm one of the only, I'm the youngest 
grandkids who does not have a significant other right. or any children. Right. So you, when you go home, it's, they're always looking. They don't say anything, but they're always looking for another body behind you. Right. Like, it's time. Right. You, there should be somebody else walking through the door with you. Right. Th- that we know know. Because right. you're 35. Right. So, but they don't, once again, they don't want that answer. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I know, like, I see my family watches my stories. Right. I know they know. Right. And I'm not like, I'm so at this level now, Alex, where I'm not having nothing. I take too much energy. Yes. And I love my motherfucking self. Sorry. Yeah. It's like the blemishes. And I, this isn't even a blemish. This is like you... Like erasing the mental blemishes of your family. That's mm-hmm. that's gymnastics. That's a different kind of gymnastics. Like having to navigate being respectful and right. being a grown up at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Um what was the question? <laughs> high school, uh high, oh, which one were you talking about gymnastics? Oh. Back to gymnastics. Had a bad accident. But this time I was at Carolina Gymnastics, the competitive gym. Um, just older. Uh, mini insert here. Um, my coaches were so adamant about me being a gymnast because I was really good, but I was really, really tall. But yeah. at the same time, I was like, I really, really like dance. You can't be a, what are you, 6'2", 1? I'm 5'11". Really 5'10", yeah. if I'm barefoot, just chilling. But that's pushing it. We're like five, 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 six. Yeah, it's too tall, right? But I just loved it, and I was just good at it. Right. Which is something to do with my father's bloodline. I love it. Because there's not too much that we can, like, tackle, but even though I don't like it, I mean, I actually do love football now. I played last spring. Fucking love it. Kept getting hurt, but... Yeah, have you never played sports? Who? I don't know. Have you no. Played? You did? Okay. Who about to, who about to run and hit me? Purposely. No, right. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know. This was flat. That's what I always say about you. But then I'll it come was, up and like slap you in the chest, and you'll start bitching about it because you have big old slave hands. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Your hand covers <laughs> my whole sternum. Okay, so you did get in like some sort of like. I ran track for like half a month. Okay, but and I'm, your brother, older brother, like, was he fucking wrestling you and shit growing up? Like, throwing football at you and shit. Little, but as we got older, and he was, he saw that that was not my cup of tea. He wasn't forcing it. Got you. We didn't. We really didn't do nothing together. What about like PE and stuff? Were you um, natural? Were you no? You like a girl in PE. You're not like athletically inclined. You treat. Oh, I'm very athletically inclined. My brother. I, that's okay. My so brother because you're obviously athletic. I've worked out with I you. Didn't I didn't like it because the boys were so mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. It didn't interest you is what I mean. Not you were physically. I didn't capable. know it really did. But back then, no. I was like, I do not want to be in this room. I do not want to be in this locker room with these boys who are just stupid. Who look stupid. And they're ugly. I don't want to be in here with them. Because I can't fight, first of all. Right. Which I'm sure I could. I just, I've literally to this day, I've never. I wouldn't want to fight you. I've never been in a fight. Really? I've never thrown a punch in my life. I think of anyone that we used to work with, you'd probably be the last person of those 25 people I'd want to fight. Like, I don't see what everybody sees. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, that's, a, that's what I was going back to the question of, of uh, Zeke and. Was it 
Delilah Deep. Delilah Deep. And that's a right. topic within itself. But the world sees Zeke from the exterior. Fuck, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. But obviously you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I kind of feel the same way myself. I think the world sees me as See, my own you're Zeke. And I don't towering. Care. I wouldn't mess with you. But I don't feel my... I don't feel that way ever. Like, oh, I'm going to enforce my... Right. Or whatever. I don't... I try to stay pleasant and give a pleasant demeanor because I know... I've gotten that so much. I'm like, well, it's got to be true if I keep getting it. Right. So I need to make sure I look pleasant. Right. So people don't think the the opposite. Um, but yes, so... So growing up, so brother was playing traditional sports. You're dancing and doing gymnastics. You get hurt playing gymnastics. But with traditional athletic stuff, obviously it wasn't your... It's not that you weren't physically capable. You're just like, it doesn't... Right. The interest wasn't there. And it's associated with, like, like you were saying, there are people that are playing the sports for mean. Mm-hmm. Traditional, you know, jock divide. Right. I don't want to be. I don't like that energy. Um, 2001, I quit. This time, I was on step quit team. Gymnastics. Quit gymnastics. I was on step team, and this girl named Alicia Jeffries was like, "You should come to this after school rehearsal for whatever show they're about to do for the spring, for the fall, for the fall." And Miss Ann Richardson, who was the director of the dance program, she's like, "Sure." If he can get it, he can get it. He can dance. And then, like, literally, Alicia Jeffries and Miss Ann, Dr. Ann Richardson are the reason why I'm a dancer now. I, I don't know what happened in that the song was Chama Chama. It was from Moulin Rouge. They were taking it to a competition that was downtown Columbia. And they something happened to this guy named Trent. So they happened to need another male dancer. And, I mean, I already had dance background, but I wasn't, like... It was very, very recreational. Like, the studio I trained in, it wasn't a competitive studio. It was just, hey, put your child in this. We're a good studio, but we don't believe in competition, which I'm so grateful for. Um, Because just developed a love of dance. Yeah. Right. Thank you. It taught us to dance to express and not dance to impress. And I'm so grateful for it now because I, I move, I let my body tell the story. Like, I don't dance for the mirror. I don't dance for the glory. It's literally, this is the gift that God gave me, and this is how I talk to the universe. Mm-hmm. And give thankfulness that I'm not dead to the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned Chamba Chamba, and Ms. Richardson was like, <laughs> yeah, it's called Chamba Chamba. Ms. Richardson was like, do you want to be in the spring thing? I was like, uh, sure. In the spring, a girl from Winter, I want to say her name was Emily. She came from, at this point, it's, I'm a senior in high school and have no idea what college I want to go to. I was like, at, I had in the mindset I was going to Michigan for gymnastics this whole time, but I was like, that's not happening now. Let me interject real quick. So, was it under, in your household that you were raised in, was it understood from the jump, from childhood, that you and your brother were going to college? Oh, yes. Okay. Because my mother was the only one of her 12 siblings to graduate mm-hmm. from college. And my father was the only one of his child's like 2025. 20, <laughs> I don't know. I gotta tell you that story too. That shit is funny to me at his funeral. I'm like, well, this group look alike. This group look alike. They may have like five, six baby mamas, but whatever. His daddy. The reference. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. His daddy his was daddy, a preacher too. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's just me and my brother. Um, it was understood you go to college. Yes. Okay. Very understood. Like, so I'm already black. Freaking out because 
who about to tell their parents they don't know what college they're going to, and it's about to be the spring. You about to be a senior, going to your senior spring semester. Okay, so this is like Christmas. Yes, so we were like pushing it. Um, she so it was now spring, five, uh, spring semester, semester year. The girl from Emily is doing her student teaching from Winthrop, and she was like, "Oh." Fast forward like three or four weeks. She's fast, and she's like, "You should go. You should apply to Winthrop's dance department." I was like, mm, "Whatever." Then my roommate, my college roommate Terry, we were also in the history class together, Mr. Young's class, and I was like, "Terry, what college are you going to?" He was like, "Winthrop." I was like, "You got a roommate?" He was like, "No." I was like, "You gonna be roommates?" Did you had you applied to the dance department yeah, at this point? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you got I, in, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. so I was fast forward a little bit. And um, but this whole time, me and Terry have been sitting beside each other the whole school year. Okay. And I never asked him what college he was going to, uh, but we were roommates. His uh, cousin was my barber for a little bit in Columbia, but that just it just happened, and like Winthrop was a very pivotal moment because it's right there next to Charlotte. So that's where I got my performance book because I worked seven seasons at Children's Theater of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, we can, there's a lot that happened in college. Um, where you want to go back to? Sorry. I want to ask this. So you yes. leave high school, mm-hmm. a place, or childhood really, a place where you had said like your only aspiration had been to essentially be free. Now you're getting your first taste of freedom. Was there like a dramatic shift in existence and your attitude you know I have such I had such a problem with stepping outside my box I was still dancing at my high school for two years I I couldn't let go Mm -hmm. just because it was wait after you graduated your school uh I was still going back as a uh, guest artist to do what dance in the dance like in the shows Mm mhm okay yeah, so I was dancing at college, and I was still dancing from my high school. And I mean, I was getting how paid. far was that drive? Um, it's an hour, but I'm not proud to say, but I've done it in like 38 minutes. Damn, okay. Mm-hmm. But it's so not far. It's literally a straight shot down the highway, gotcha. 77. My university was off of exit 82. I lived off of exit um, 22. Gotcha. Okay. The church was off exit 19. Gotcha. The high school was off exit uh, 17. So it was like all right. just back and forth. I know I hold, I hold the Guinness World Book of Records for most miles on the highway. I was on the highway at least five or six times a week. All right. I know for years. For years. Um, uh, freedom in, in college. Oh, yeah. So ironically that I had the freedom, I didn't. I was still, if I wasn't at Winthrop University. You were still bringing yourself back to Yeah, if I wasn't at Winthrop University, I was at Richmond Northeast High School. If I wasn't in my dorm room, I was at my room at home. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Until, like, I was the captain, team owner. I, I was captain of team too much. I was definitely had a double life, yeah. Because I got to do whatever I wanted to do now. Like, I could say I was going to rehearsal, but I could be in the streets of Charlotte. Were you? Yes. Okay, so you're captain of team too much. Oh, just being like but partying, 
Okay. Like partying, having sex, like doing whatever. But uh, the church never knew. Like I was always. You're still back home in Columbia. You're mm-hmm. still at the church. You're mm-hmm. still back in high school, and you're Making sure in your dorm room being a good student. Mm-hmm. Okay, this kind of makes sense though. Mm-hmm. You're still with the same dude you're in high school, but then also like you're fucking like, pushing the boundaries for the first time. And after the after the rape, and when I was fifteen, I was like very naturally. I was just like, so I'm here, but I have to give the illusion of being here, right? But even like I didn't. I just went to church. I just did. I went to my practices. I went to my rehearsals, and then I just came home, did my homework. Did you have any sexual experiences in high school after the rape? First sexual experiences at Winthrop? No, my first. Oh, you? Oh, after the rape? No, yes. It was at my throat. Yeah. First and central sexual experience mm-hmm. that I was. You told me this before. I was like 19, 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Old. I mean, relatively old for a social guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm lying. 18, 19. <laughs> 12. <laughs> In the bathroom, I can't hear. Lock the stall, Justin. <laughs> For doing this, <laughs> it was like 18. 18, 19. freshman year, mm-hmm. okay. which is you know normal. No, I only lost my virginity huh? freshman year, yeah. and by that time I had done enough self fixing. It was always like very. I would go into a mental space before I had sex because. I would just have a flashback. I mean, I yeah, I would. I I had healed myself from it, but but now as a grown men looking back, I was just trying to fill like this hole. No pun intended, but there was like, <laughs> like you, <laughs> it's hilarious. There was just yeah, like all this was empty. Yeah, and I thought somebody touching me would. Mm-hmm. But now, like I'm so glad I'm a grown up. Man, I wish I could tell younger jobs and some things. <laughs> But um, back then, it was just trying to fill a hole. Right. And um, did you have any meaningful relationships in college? Boyfriends? No. It's all just mm-hmm. frivolous sexual. Shit. I was as a grown up now. It it um, it doesn't hurt, but it's just like you know you're special. You know you you're different, and this comes with the territory. But it's all it's about to get real, real. Mm-hmm. People just want to fuck me, and I was like, mm. "It took a minute." And you to can feel that now. I can. I'm very. Oh god! Like it gives me goosebumps. Like I can. I've stopped somebody from talking. This is recently. Like walking to work, I've stopped somebody from talking and trying to spit games. I was like, "Listen, it's not gonna happen, bro. It's not gonna happen. You just want to fuck me. It's not gonna happen." That's interesting. You feel that, but I could. I don't know the game. Like I don't know the gay game. Another straight no, game, you, but essentially it's just different holes, right? I get, I could get that. You are an attractive guy, and you're like you're muscular, and like you're brawny. Like I could see how that would like really light some dude's sexual fire. Like it seems you seem like attract. Like I don't want. I don't have an attraction to the dude, but I could see how gay guys would be like yes. Like you are like this pot of gold. The world would be such a better place if straight men thought like that. Straight men don't think like you, and that's the only reason why I love you so dearly is because 
I even think back to that video that I haven't posted yet, but now like, I'm glad you're leaving. I'm not glad because I don't want you to leave, but I'm glad you're leaving because it's like pushing me to continue to go after what the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. And that video when I was like, you want to be my play play boyfriend? And the fact that you were so cool with it and you even kissed me on the cheek, like I'm glad, like that's why I was telling you like that's a lot the of first shit. Day at work, but not the, the, the a lot of shit in this phone is so old, but it has meaning and I won't post it because I know like now, now this is where the story of Alex and Jonathan, I can figure out where to Mm-hmm. After I make my story, like I'm still gonna hold on to it for a moment because this shit, I've prayed for relationships like this. Because mm-hmm. I get tired of talking to my motherfucking self. <laughs> Me too, bro. <laughs> I get tired of stuff fixing. I want to tell my situation to somebody where right. like, oh, thanks, Alex. That yeah. makes so much more sense. Yeah. Versus what you think, Zeke. <laughs> what you think, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. And. But um, dude, just want to fuck you. That's what we. That's what we got. And you felt that co- you started noticing that in college, like I'm the hot girl. But it, did, did you ever? Never, I never had that attitude because um, I've always been humble pie, and I didn't really think I was. I know I have a good gene package. I'll say that I don't like saying, "Oh, I know I'm cute." I mean, we have our moments of looking really black. Today's my day. Today's my day. You cute, but I've never. And I always tell the universe, I'm like, thank you for keeping me on my feet on the ground. Because I've, I've seen some of my friends go from like two followers to like 100K and they act like they shit don't stink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen your personality change and that hurts me. That's why I have to unfollow you and delete you out of my phone. Mm-hmm. Because there, I know there ain't nothing we can talk about now. Right. We don't have any common ground. Right. Um, after I started modeling for that company up here, I was like, oh, Gloria and Bobby did do a good job. But it's in a very humble manner because you know, at any given moment, honey, you can wake up and your face be deformed mm-hmm. or you're not the world standard of beautiful or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to make it via my light and love first because I know this is a residual. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's just how it is in the world today. The body is overly sexualized, but whatever. I've whatever. It's whatever. But that's why I was in Maine before I came back to work at Equinox. Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. It was so this summer you were just back to context. This summer you were in Maine for like a month. I was six in Maine weeks, for seven weeks. Seven doing, weeks doing a theater thing. Ain't misbehaving the musical. A black musical in the city where there are no black people. What city were you in? Portland. I don't think there's black people anywhere in any city in Maine. But yeah, there Portland. are a lot of African refugees, but there no, there was no me. I saw one guy who looked like me, one, and just I mean, it's just history repeating itself. How the slave master wanted to fuck the slaves, mm-hmm. and the the women and the men like ain't nothing changed. It's just mm-hmm. a different day, day and time. So I know. And I am a huge component of love for you love. My great grandmother was great grandfather was a slave owner. We came from plant, plantation in Virginia, but it's a line where you being attracted to somebody just genuinely versus some sort of statistic. Yeah, and it was you were feeling that man oh, the oh fetish. Oh my gosh! 
Oh, that's so weird. Like, it is what it is. I was it's, I was asked to a um, it's called it's basically a sex party, and I knew in Maine I wasn't gonna go, but that's some get out shit. Like, I was gonna be the only Negro there. You're the prize. You're the catch. Right. <laughs> I would, my intestines would have been on the floor. I would have. <laughs> I probably would have. <laughs> I don't even want to think what I would have. And there's nothing appealing about that, right? No. There, no. I mean, for me, for me, no. <laughs> but there is a group. Like I'm not not that gonna. Isn't... Everybody, you love what you love, right? But that is not my ministry, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm at a place. It's a weird church. I'm. <laughs> I'm at a place, Alex. Right. I mean, we've had this conversation. I just want to know when I turn the key. Yeah. You for me, and I'm for you. Right. That's it. Right. That's, yeah. It's a healthy place to be at. Healthier than. But I knew, there's a. <laughs> there's a subgroup of. Right. You know, people who like that, and men who. Hey. Do you right? Ain't for me, but do you? I'm knocking it because I, that's another issue with the world. People knock everything. Let them be them. It's just not me, right? Let me. Is there? <clears throat> but being in Maine was to prepare me for our current job. Oh, so you're getting a lot of the same vibe with Equinox. Yeah, big, lot of testosterone. Dude, fucking working out, testosterone coursing through the body. Gay guys. Looking to fuck. You get that vibe a lot, I bet. Yeah. Is it racially mixed? Because um, I mean, obviously, it's a bunch of white people. And Equinox pretty damn diverse. Oh, yeah. But, um, I think it's more of a, I, with the black men, it's more of a, socially, you want two black men who look masculine and brawny and you don't know who's the top you don't know who's the bottom and you you leave everybody to wonder and that's what the appeal is versus because you exude a, a, a top vibe because you're big and brawny mm-hmm. is that part of the game is that part of the excitement or how does that navigate it I don't know because I'm like I always say I'm one of the different gays I'm not I'm sure it is because you have this big piece of muscle that you like just yeah flips it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. That's one probably 100 percent of it, and it's very difficult to find that line of somebody who actually just appreciates you. Yeah. And is like, oh, and he got body. Like he's a good person, and he got blah blah blah. Versus, I just want that. It's because you're dealing with all dudes. Dudes are gross. <laughs> They're disgusting. I know. I mean, I can... I, there's so many... I, I, I'll just take Equinox. So we have a sample size that we're both familiar with. There's girls that walk through Equinox where I get that same... Actually, probably for the most part, it's always just that. It's always just you see them on tear them apart. It's not until you actually sit down and have a conversation and you're like, oh, and I want to hang out with this person. Mm-hmm. But from the jump, from a guy's perspective, just being honest about how I think about sexuality... 
it's always the first thought is always just fuck. Mm-hmm. And then it's from there you get to another person you're like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I want to fuck this person and I want to like mm-hmm. explore their being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not though. Sometimes like I just want to fuck this person. But when you're doing, I don't think girls come at it with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's. I'm sure there are circumstances, but generally speaking, I don't think the majority of the time girls are coming at it like I want to fuck that perspective. But guys are always coming at it from that perspective, and you're you're playing in a world where it's just dudes, like, and I'm, you're like this the hottest piece of meat, or in the group of the top tier pieces of meat in a sea of just dudes. <laughs> so I'm sure you get that all the time. Like I went, you have a bullseye on you at all times. I, I went country line, and it's I love country line dancing, Alex. I love it. And you're black, so when you're in a majority non-black crowd, you're even more coveted. It's crazy. I mean, dude, but it's a blessing and a curse. It, so. is, it is, and I'm like... Because it would be horrible to be this fucking tubby, disgusting-looking piece of shit that no one wants to fuck. <laughs> it's worse than that end. No, there's a subgroup like for that. You're shaking your ass there when you're going, please, please, please. There's a subgroup for that. Oh, I bet, yeah, that's a subgroup for everything. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And I'm not... I don't complain because... My industry would be ten times more difficult if you aren't. Right. Yeah, you're also the fitness and entertainment industry. <laughs> it's like, thanks, universe. I know this is where I'm supposed to be, but jeez. Right. Yeah. But um, it's and I found I've just done like you have to be able to self check. You have to be able to self check, and self checking in the mirror. I'm like, so this is you. You tend to be attracted to straight men. You do, yes, right. So I'm like, okay, it's because you cover what you don't want, what you can't get, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, and it's important to identify these things so you know how to proceed, right? So just interactions with black men at Equinox are so different from interactions with white men. Whoa, okay, break that down. Yes, this is a whole different topic. Yes, it is. Within itself. Yeah, it is. Like, like it could be. It was easier to navigate with you first when I didn't know you than navigating with like Dwayne. Okay. Because I don't have any expectation of who you are. You and Dwayne are supposed to have some sort of inherent bond already? Yes. Okay. That's just what kind of family is. Right. Like, baby, we all came off the same continent. Right. So, and it's just that thing where like, I don't understand black on black violence because I'm just like, y'all. We're supposed to be in this together. What the fuck? We are in this together. It's not so much about coming off the same. I shouldn't be saying this. I'm proposing this question. To me, it seems like it's not so much coming off the same continent. Because you really want to break it down. We all can't have the same yeah, continent. Yeah, yeah. It's about having a similar quote unquote struggle. Struggle, that journey. Or, or like, to put it. Your neutrally mind. similar experience. Our grandfathers was chained together coming over on this boat. There you go. Come on. Like, but it's so not that. It, so I have to... I don't want to disrespect anybody, but I know that it would be easier to fix our relationship if I uh, stepped on it incorrectly than Dwayne and I's relationship. If... Um, it would be easier for us to repair it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because... It seems, it's, it seems kind of intuitive because it seems like almost it would be easier for you and Dwayne because you have this inherent bond from the common I struggle. don't know 
that black man's interaction with homosexuality, right? Through history, I can assume that this black man and this black man may butt heads because if we've had the same upbringing, I'm already in default with him. Right. But with you... We're coming from different places anyway. Right. Right. So we can just start fresh. We can just start fresh. Yeah. That's a good point. So I'm glad that I was like, I don't know how to make this comeback. Yeah, me either. We kind of, we got to the bottom of it. But yeah, it's, and it's that, but like, just like I told you before, like everybody being so cool, like everybody cool with the Lala D Network is amazing. Like That's I, true though, don't you feel that? Isn't that genuine? I have videos of all y'all with the Delilah Dean and that's why I haven't posted it yet because I'm just like this is unfucking this real. Is real. That's probably my biggest sticking point with leaving the job and leaving DC was the group at Equinox. Of everything. My relationship with my roommate, my relationship with my ex-girlfriend here, this apartment that I love, the job opportunity at Equinox, which I think was a cool opportunity, the city of DC, of everything, it was y'all, the people I worked with, it was like every day I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop, or the foot to drop, like when is, when are we all going to stop being a family? But it, it wasn't. I love the hang at Equinox. That was the biggest thing. I love just going into work and hanging out with mm-hmm. those people. 25 people of all different colors and Shapes like the fucking Most whole globe, fit. right? Right, the whole globe, really. Every fucking actually, the globe. I was and you've like, got you to fucking white John, like literally the two opposites of the spectrum. He's like super quiet, masculine, and seemed like he might fucking kill you. If you I had, I did not know how to tread with John. I right. was like, the, y'all were the two opposites of the spectrum, yes, yeah. but like, but everyone got to got, got along. Yeah, John is cool, people, yeah. So, take me to back of Winthrop. Oh, back, yeah. oh yeah, back no, to the next You're going crazy. Part of you is going crazy. Part of you is just normal, good. So, shoes. I meet this lawyer when I'm 20, 20, 7, 8, 19. I meet Randall when I'm 19. How old is he? He's eight, he, Randall's eight years, seven years older than me. Okay. He's a lawyer in Charlotte, and I'm like, yeah, yes. Uh-huh. So, did you feel like for the first time you met like a man? Yes. Okay. Yes, and I, that was one like lawyer on house on car. Right. Like I me down the whole night, and I'm on my bar or something. No, we, at the mix off Clanton Road. The off, mix? What is that? It's a club in Charlotte. Okay, it's like it's a gay eight, club. Yeah, so, okay, that's the only clubs I would go to. Uh, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you are like the fuck. Well, it was called the alternative that. club while I was in college because <laughs> I'm like who, huh? That was what it's called, like mouth to mouth. That's what I called it. <laughs> Did it say like alternative club? No, it was the just, door? no, because you know being gay is an alternative lifestyle, lifestyle right? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why I just called it that. I mean, why were you like calling it that to your friends? Like I'm going to alternative club tonight, and they're yes. like, "Gentlemen, it's a gay bar, bro. We know." Yes. That. <laughs> okay. But I thought I was, I was like, I'm exploring my motherfucking freedom, <laughs> right? So um, I'm at the mix one night and. This ballhead man just is staring at me all night long. And this happens for like two or three weeks. So the fourth week, because that's how long it takes me to muster up energy. <laughs> I'm such a cornball. Are you not? Does that? Are you never at the bar and dude stare? Because I imagine, because I get that at Equinox, for instance. 
I'll get gay guys staring at me. And you and I have talked about this, about like how long to make, maintain eye contact and shit. Mm-hmm. I get that all the time and I'm going to be like, okay, like somehow divert the eyes or next time I make eye contact, like make a friendly but not too friendly like smile or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you've plenty of experience in this eye contact realm. I've, are you never, were you or are you never the one to be like, I see the eye contact, I'm going in? Um, or do you wait for them to come to you? This is going to be such a great episode. I have removed myself from that, especially now that I'm in my season of singleness, with an asterisk. We'll talk about the asterisk. Um, I, at one point, I conditioned myself to be like, oh, he just want to fuck. So I just right. don't even make eye contact. I don't go in for the kill or anything. Um, the times that I have, it always bit me in the ass. He was, Were you in it? Huh? Were mm-hmm. you made the move? I'm always going in for it's going to just be 100 the straight man or the guy with a wife oh okay who's closet dude with a wife yeah well there's a, people have arrangements now so half the time they're not right. even in closets they're like you want to come home with me and my wife oh Maine Maine here the gym I can see DC yeah but the gym you want to come home with me and my wife from Equinox have you gotten more than you watch from Equinox? <laughs> no expression or response from John. <laughs> Damn, dude, that was my biggest thing. I had to fuck someone from Equinox. <laughs> like, me and my husband. What does that look, if you, it, what does that look, what does that look like, you and a, a dude and their wife? I have no idea. You don't know what that looks like? No. Oh, okay. It happened for the first time when I was in Rock Hill. When I was uh, out of college, but I was still driving back to Rock Hill for my haircuts, and I still had that gym membership at Omni Health and Fitness, and this older white man was just, just always into me. And one time I was in the shower, he walked past the shower, he touched me, I said, "Oh, okay." And then it was like, "Yeah, would you like to come home? I would love to watch you fuck my wife." I was like, I don't know about someone watching. That's kind of weird, but it'd be cool to be presented with it. But you're not into fucking wives. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I was wondering. What does that look like? Are you fucking him while he's fucking his wife? That's what I was wondering. I'm sure whatever you, whatever scenario you can come up with, where who enters who, whenever, right. it's happened and it's happening probably right now somewhere right. in this apartment building. Right. But I have no idea. Okay, so I'm you've a, never been involved in that situation. I'm a golden gay. I've never been with a woman. Proud of it. Never in your life. No offense. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever kissed a girl? Yeah. Touched a boob? No. Never touched Wait, a boob. I don't know if did I touch Tia's boob or not. I can't remember. Hey Tia. <laughs> um, Tia's not weird. Funny side note, all my exes are like amazing partners to their currents. No, no, not to you. But all of your male exes mm-hmm. are amazing partners to the current. Male partners. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. And it's so, I'm, again, this is all led. But I went through a little stint where I was like, I'm not, I'm going to see who asks me out. Like, I'm always putting out the energy. Like, always planning the dates. Always putting out the energy. But you were saying when you did, and then since when you did make the movie, it's typically either a gay guy or a married guy. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming a straight guy or a married guy. Yeah. Oh. And then when, Somebody slid in my DMs, my ex, 
Um, he initiated everything, but total douchebag. Take him back to the lawyer and went through it. Randall. So Randall, fast forward, we my, we I'm working at American Eagle at this time, and I had given Randall my number on a piece of paper on a matchbox in the club because he was very very private. Which now has a grown man like, oh, you got a boyfriend, right. but I was like, oh, he's just really private. Fast forward maybe like two weeks, so I think we're like week six into this now ish, this little exchange. So I'm working at American Eagle. Everybody on the dance team at Winter University works for American Eagle. <laughs> so we are cutting up, having a good time. My phone rings, so I go to the back and it says private number. I know it's Randall, but he had had my number for like two or three weeks now. Didn't use it. Um, I answer like giddy and grinning from ear to motherfucking ear in the back of American Eagle, established 1977. I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And so we migrate. I wind up going up, fast forward. I wind up going there. We wind up like kicking it hard for years. Fast forward. I knew. So over the course of said time, I always noticed that. The picture frames are down. Are like facing the opposite. Mm-hmm. <coughs> some of the picture frames are down. Some of the picture frames are facing the other way. I'm like, I'm always only coming over. There's a pattern. And one day I was just like, who is this? He said, that's George. I said, who is George? He's like, George is my partner. And this is how the game is played. They keep you in until like your feelings are at that line where they've crossed the line where you right now too much right it's too much. You can't really just exit because you like invested, like invested. And so young and dumb, I'm like, whatever, whatever. He doesn't live here, whatever. So we keep going at this. Now I know I'm the other guy. Fast forward, I'm in uh, Cats, 2005, uh, when did I turn 20? Whenever I turned 21. Was that 2005? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm 21 now. We're at the Peace Auditorium rehearsing for Cats. I'm Tumble Brutus. It's a room full of, like, close to 30 dancers, like Cats, well, 2025. Cats is a big production. I'm literally Alex. We're doing Jellicle Ball and it's boom, stepping ball, changes the cannon, and we just add in. Everybody's adding in for Jellicle Ball. I'm just like bawling. Like this man, I'm the other man, and now I'm like stuck in it. And nothing I can do, but I love this man. I'm like, I'm bawling. Full on dancing because Eddie Mabry was like, again, part of my dance upbringing, like, fuck your feelings. You check them at the door. You right. got to do a job. You got to get this paycheck. Right. And that's what my father instilled in me as well. Like, Are you dancing profession? This is not for school? Mm-hmm. I'm out of college now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's community theater. We get like $300 right. for like slave labor, but right. <laughs> it's on resume. It's not equity, but you, this is the part of the business that right. you got to do to be equity. Hold this little car that I have now. But like, that being my first encounter with like love and then it 
it did that to me. What had happened was, it's just like I don't. It's my my spirit just like senses things. George lived roughly three hours away. I used to spend a night at Randall House all the time. Um, Randall had a roommate, Will. Randall's best friend, Nora. They all knew about George. They all knew about me. We used four used to go out together. They knew who I was to Randall. Were they keeping you secret to George? Mm-hmm. George and I know. Mm-hmm. George and I. George probably. I'm, I'm sure George knew something's going on because you know the phone ring. I see you right. with the phone ring and you silence it. I see that shit. Right. George feels that shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, man. Um, which is, I gotta tell you about this book idea that I had when I was writing up the road. Um, this night, me and Randall are sleeping in bed. I thought I heard the door close, but I was like, mm. Alex, we sleep in bed. Mm-hmm. I hear. What's Randall's reaction? <laughs> like, I could feel Randall's heart beat, pace, change on my back. Wow. I was like, this is about to go down. Something's about to go down. Something's about to go down, but it also goes back. People kill people like that. Yeah, totally. But it goes back to, like, I know I'm different. I know, like, there's a, there's a specific purpose for me on this earth so I don't even know how a pallet got made on the floor that quickly oh my god what it hasn't even gotten good yet I move to the floor Randall opens the door George gets in the bed I'm facing so as soon as you walk in the room there's a door, there's a bathroom right here. Then there's a closet, a walk-in closet. Then there's a window, and then there's a bed up against the wall. Uh-huh. The pallet on the floor is right here in front of the dresser with the mirror. So, if you're looking at the mirror, your back is to the door that enters the bedroom. Uh-huh. I'm on the floor, facing the closet. So, their back, my back is to them. I hear George crying. Uh-huh. He clearly saw you on the floor. Clearly. Okay. George gets up and leaves. Randall. He gets in the bed and starts crying? Uh huh. Okay. Maybe like 10 minutes. Then he gets up and leaves. Like, bawling. We are. Ain't nobody stupid. Right. Randall looks at. asks me, what do I do? feeling is that? This is the same feeling when my brother was like... You're like, what? This is the same feeling that I had when my brother said, I don't want nobody to know you with us. Hang back. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I'm on my own here. Is that that the feeling? The feeling is I'm on my own here. Like, there are no adults in this situation. I have to... Fold back in again, be my own best friend, figure out what to do in a matter of seconds. Because I don't know if this boy don't went downstairs to get a knife or a gun. I don't know what's about to happen. So, 
That's a crazy question we asked in that situation. I don't know. That's like the real, that, what were you, 21 at the time you said? Mm-hmm. That's gotta be up there with like, I know totally different circumstances than, for instance, Christian dying or whatever, but that's a totally different like, realness of life. We were just like, wait, what? This is how this situation plays out in real life? <laughs> and no, none of us know what's about to happen? Prior to, like, and I always told Randall, I was like, you know, I love you enough. If I got to let you go, I got to let you go. I, I said that, like, countless times, but I could never, I couldn't hold up to my own word. I couldn't let him go. Mm-hmm. You're 21. Dude. Right. But he asked me, he said, what do I do? And I was like, I love you enough. If I got to let you go, I got to let you go. And that was the longest drive. Wait, did you literally say that to him? Mm-hmm. Oh. And so those moments, I'm like, I got to be an adult. I got to be my own best wow, friend. I and I have to put somebody else's feelings in front of mine, which is what I've been doing for so long, which I do now in a healthy manner. But I know I'm important now. But it was just like, you should go find your boyfriend. I got in the car, got in my whole bag, because that's what it was called, your overnight bag, the whole bag. It wow. was the longest 27 minutes to get back to Rock Hill, South Carolina, to go to my apartment. That's a mature fucking... But that's what I'm like... People don't... There's so many stories, Alex, that will never go on my story. Or, I mean, they're going to go on the podcast now, but because before it was just like, nobody needs to know about that. But now it's like, somebody needs to know about that because somebody needs to heal from that. Somebody doesn't know how to. Somebody is curled up in their bed who has gone through the exact same thing that I've gone through. And if I don't use my life experience... What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Why am I here? Why am I taking up oxygen? But it was... There's so many instances where I had to be the big... That's a point of growth, man, right? Like, I'm just like, fuck. I gotta deal with this on my own. Like, Randall's not gonna be here to help me fucking navigate this shit emotionally. He... I just learned that he can't even navigate his own shit emotionally. So I have to leave them alone to navigate their things. And I have to deal with all this... On my end. That was like so, a three and a half year, four year ordeal. Just peace. Oh, that's fucking heavy. It was. It really was. It was. In the encounters, and there were moments where I would be, there would be gatherings at the house, and George would be there. I knew he knew who I was. I know he knew who I was. Like, the, oh, prior to all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, and I, you're just playing a neutral position. I'm like, your man cheating. Right. Damn, that's weird. It was. But there was a lot of that in college. When did you did you finish up college by 21? Did you finish up college early? Uh, no, 22. I took. Some time to get out. What did you study in college then? What did you study? Theater performance. Dance and theater performance. I got in 2002. I didn't walk until 2008. I was finished in 2007, but lucky I was having too much fun on dance team. And so from Winthrop, did you just start dancing? Oh, while like to support yourself post college? 
while at Winthrop, I did a lot of stuff in Charlotte because Winthrop was very modern and you know my energy and my spirit is very flashy and that's the kind of dance I wanted to do musical theater but Winthrop was just I appreciate it now because it has made me a very well-rounded dancer but back then I was like Girl, if I don't kick my face and I don't see a light and a boom shakalaka, right. like what is happening? The traditional dance. Traditional they had us being werewolves with suitcases. I said, what the fuck? My parents came up to one concert and they had never came back up. Right. I said, that's cool. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I don't even want y'all to waste that gas. I'll see y'all this weekend. So you were, con- you were seeing your parents all the time during college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where was your brother at? He went to A&T. Um, so he went... South Carolina or North Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina. Greensboro. He was... Because uh, he went into college in 2098. In 98. Yeah. That's my sister. And then he went and got his master's from A&T. And then he went and got his doctorate from Georgia Tech. Georgia mechanical, Tech. mechanical engineering. Does he live in Atlanta now? hmm Do you know where? Yeah. I, I just don't know. Like, I know how to get there. <laughs> I don't know maybe But he lives Like close to the city I feel like the city's Maybe 15-20 minutes away uh-huh. There's uh, Pebblebrook High School Old Alabama yeah. Road Old Alabama mm-hmm. My mom was right Off a lot ago Really? Yeah My mom was off this Intersection of Old Alabama And Holcomb Bridge And who? Holcomb Bridge Yeah I passed that When I go to his house Yeah she was in the Intersection of Old Alabama Holcomb Oh Bridge. She was right there Yeah Pebblebrook Yeah we used to play Pebblebrook all the time Mm-hmm um, yeah, because I always that's one of my landmarks that's what I put into the GPS to get there but I don't know the name of the city but um, yeah that's where I grew up you, you understand Marty that's cute yeah um, so how did you spend your, your 20s post Winthrop um, Charlotte North Carolina I did I left in 2008 and lived in LA for like two or three months while I um did a contract for Holland American Cruise Lines mm-hmm. and I came back in October of 2010 dance is the focus during this time yeah yeah I left in 08 came back in 09 yes came back in 09 and then um did a lot of theater at Children's Theater of Charlotte, uh-huh. and I was a sub at um, Ransom Middle School. I was a choral sub. For so school. you're trying to make things make ends meet, dancing, and then just still doing picking up odd jobs to actually pay the bills. Just trying to like, I wanted Broadway. Got to hit Broadway. Right. Got to make my way to New York. Blah blah blah. But um, I had a master. I was at. This, I was also getting my masters at this time too. From um, Winthrop again? Mm-mm. Australian um, University. And in what? Ed- management, educational leadership. Okay. Masters in education. Um, what are you thinking you're going to do with that? I still do. Like I, you know, I love kids. I love teaching. Um, like I love teaching at Howard. But I wanted to turn like a Title One high school into a performing arts high school. Ooh. Is that still kind of... Yeah, but I feel like you have to... You don't have to. But with me still wanting to perform and that fire still being in me, I think it's beneficial to have like that clout behind you. That's why I want to get my social media and I want to exude that light and love and be 
get that type of following and then when I retire ish go into that realm of mentoring and then turning Jonathan Watkins of blah 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 is now developing an academy for yeah that's that's a big time that's like you gotta be all in and you need to be settled yes and ideally that's ideally down the road too I would like to like start a school maybe when I have my own kids maybe be you mm-hmm. know maybe I'll ideally like you know I start I found the kindergarten for the kid for the kindergarten my kids going to attend mm-hmm. but dude I you, I you got me locked in on that shit that's, that's your other child yeah that's it and I know I'm not in the mental space for that but um yeah so yeah you gotta have that notoriety behind you and funding mm-hmm. for that because I don't want to be like figuring it out I want to have the plan I want to have the funds to do it because I know how important arts was for me to be here mm-hmm. at this moment and again I know I'm not the only one who's had their life impacted by arts so I know there's another little boy out there or another little girl with the same story mm-hmm. who needs to find that gymnastics mm-hmm. and that tap dance at four years old mm-hmm. um so you envision you're always going to be art, it dance, is, theater, performance is all is going to be like the lifeblood of performing uh, arts, and it's my heartbeat. Like right. it, you sing me as soon as a song comes on at work. Right, it just happens. So how did you get from performing arts path to fitness path where you are now? Where did that transition come from? Joni Marr in 2006. So prior 2006. I'm not going into no weight room. I don't. I'm not touching no weights. I'm not doing it. Don't believe in it. The testosterone in there is so disgusting. <laughs> not happening. Is there nothing sexually appealing about that? Um, I, I would prefer my potential life partner to be involved in the health and wellness of their. Like, don't just wake up and exist. Take care of their body. Yeah, I need you to understand that. Mobility and functionality is still a thing when you're 80 and 90. Right. But you're not like specifically attracted to jack dudes. No. Okay. When I was younger and dumber, yeah. Okay. Is that why you're a jack dude? Mm-mm. Going back to Johnny Marr. Okay. 2006, I needed, I was supposed to graduate in 2006. So I needed, you know, you need random credits to electives to show you're well rounded when you graduate. Right. Whatever. I was like, wait, lifting. Hour, I guess and our gym was like Rikers Island everything was rusted Jail you gym. had to walk down three flights into the basement there was like a little crack where you saw like the sunlight from outside wow my tuition paying for this yeah. I'm gonna catch tech. that's crazy Norway universities I go to these days have these fucking immaculate gyms. That's how our gym was at Georgia. We do now. Winter does now. It's, uh, I think it's Peabody. South Carolina's gym, dude. My freshman year at Columbia Strong Thermal Wellness Center. Holy fuck. That was the first time I ever was at a gym. That's when I started lifting weights. I was like, I'll be here every day. It's full of sunlight, beautiful, immaculate. It's beautiful. It's a palace. I love riding past it. But, um, so Johnny Marr was a teacher in... She was just like, you're, you have a knack for this. Like, you're just... Right. But with my gymnastics and dance background, like, I knew how my body worked. You're I just really didn't well. know right. that I had a 
potential great blueprint for a potential great temple, but she was like, I want you to go try this uh, group exercise course through AFA back in 2006. It was like a hundred bucks. I did it and flew through the course and she was just like, and you know when you have to like lead the, mm-hmm. the practical part she mm-hmm. was like I take your class every day so I was like oh okay so she was like I want you to do the personal training one did it passed it and started being a personal trainer for Winthrop our new gym that they built uh-huh. and uh, I just fell in love with it I was like oh then I had a trainer for a quick second at Omni Health and Fitness where I worked for a quick second where I was like a it would be comparable to like a tier one trainer. You just uh-huh. walk and guide people around. Right. You don't give any advice. You're just helping them. Literally, like you get paid to give tours. Right. And the owner was like, "You want to work here?" I was like, "Sure." But since 2006, weightlifting one on one at Winthrop, I started to work at Omni Health and Fitness, and then I just kind of really had clients of my own. And then, um, how did I get up to Charlotte working at Fitness Connection? I don't remember at the moment. Where was the Omni? It was around the corner from our university. Oh, okay. That's where we would go have dance team practice. I was on dance team in college, so, so I was told I couldn't be on dance team, so I was a cheerleader my freshman year. Why were you still becoming on dance team? Guys just couldn't be on dance team. Oh, they're going to do on dance team. So you're a cheerleader for like the sports teams? Yeah, we only had basketball. We didn't have Winthrop doesn't have a football team. So you're a male cheer on the on the team? That's cool. Mm-hmm. It was probably, Did you like that? Oh god, I loved it. It was a women's uh, college first. Women's educational college. Okay. And then, you know, they added black people and then men. But <laughs> well, the main Tillman is named after her. So people are like, still wondering, like, what's this guy doing here? <laughs> So, sophomore year, I was like, fuck it. If they don't want me, I don't want them. Um, the dancing? Yeah. No. Uh, the athletic department. Gotcha. Cheerleader, sorry. Yeah. The, some shit went down where I couldn't go to NCAA. Well, I should have been able to go to NCAA because the dude who went couldn't tumble, but I could tumble. But I was like, I don't care that much. Okay. But um, I was told I was told to come audition for the dance team my first junior year. <laughs> <laughs> And I did, and Tom Hickman did not want me on the dance team, but Lori Grissom, our coach, she took all the score sheets and she said, here, you pick the top 15 and be on the team. And I had the highest score, and she was like, well, this one is a male. And then, so, just how was the first whistle. But the dude, the, co- the head coach didn't want you, is that what you're mm-hmm. He didn't want any men. He wanted this. Were you the only guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She was like, well, you picked him. This is his score sheet, so you have to let him on the team. Right. And I was on the team for four years. That's right. Did you enjoy that? Oh, yeah. It was... Um, it almost took me back to elementary school because the basketball players were so... There's one now who I know he was gay, and he knows that I know that he was gay. Yeah. And it was one time, Alex. Oh, my gosh. So this is when... Getting real here. This is when like one of the first little apps came out called Adam for Adam, and it, it was like 
you could anonymously be who you were. Right. You could find a hookup. Y'all can make work go down. Hour. Everybody's out the door. Hands washed. Sheets in the washing machine. We're good to go. <laughs> so, um, this one dude, uh, and then after you know you know the game after you have had enough banter back and forth, trying to figure out who's going to send which picture first. Right. Blah blah blah. So this dude, I guess he recognized that I went to school with one of the dudes on the basketball team. I'm going to leave your name out because I'm going to be nice. <laughs> even though I know your shit. And Loki had the biggest crush on him. The basketball player? Yes. Which athletes in the past have been my thing. Right. And he, he exists in this attainable gray area where... Everyone thinks he's straight, mm-hmm. but so that I, makes him attractive to you. Mm-hmm. But you actually know he's gay. That makes him yeah. more attractive, right? Uh, and we both were each other's quote unquote type because he he wanted a more slightly effeminate man that still could give off the. That's right. what this game is now. It's, he it, wanted, yeah, he wanted his basketball buddy that mm-hmm. he's been attracted mm-hmm. to since he was five, right. Right. but with a. Uh-huh. Touch of femininity, uh-huh. absolutely. And uh, there would be instances, just at parties and stuff, where we would cross paths. And it was that thing where, like, I know your shit, but you won't even give me the right. You're not gonna look at me. And just to hear like other girls talk about him, and I'm like, girl, you know, it is. you're just a placeholder right now, right? He still don't know who he is. Right. He's, yeah. So you figured out because you hooked up the dude on the app who had hooked up no, with him? No, I didn't hook up with this dude, but this dude recognized me. And he was like, do you know such and such? And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. And I wasn't fully operating my light and love at this point. Uh-huh. I was, it was drama. Drama was yeah, cute. Like, Ooh. I was like, uh-huh. What about it? Yeah. He was like, um, that's my boyfriend. And I saw the way you had looked at him at the oh. game. I said, this is your what? Because <laughs> you know this? <laughs> I said, um, okay. Um, my apologies if you... Because this is when I knew I had to, like, you got to operate in this realm with yeah. this, this community differently because everybody's always in their feelings. Right. And I was like, oh, my apologies. I'm sorry. I was just, I may have been looking in that direction, but it was, right. my point is never to disrespect anybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, bitch, bye. Mm-hmm. And I tried to pull said individual mm-hmm. to the side and have this conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do I address this? I have this conversation with this man who was very, very DL. Mm-hmm. So I said, sir, somebody contacted me. I don't know what you've done to him or what your relationship is, if there is one, but he seems like he may make things difficult for you, so you might want to address, address this. Yeah. That was nice, actually. But in, listen, I didn't even know how I've always operated in my love. Right. I didn't really, but... Again, it was that same feeling like you fucking around with that, but I'm actually a good person. Right. We could we could have a good time together. Yeah. But you operate in that realm. Yeah. 
You're not ready for that. You have fun. I mean, Loki, I wasn't either. I probably would have messed his world up and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. he was, like, beyond. How did he take that? Was he den- in denial? Or was- Do you know what? Do you? Appreciate it and walked away. Like, I understand that. What else are you going to say? Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> He's got a fucking basketball practice to get to. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Oh, yeah, I'll take care of it. <laughs> you are so dumb. <laughs> and that's why, like, I'm in this room where I'm like, I just show up. I'm like, I don't know what is about to happen when I go talk to Alex. <laughs> but this is the beauty part. I had to hit my pen a couple times. I was like, <laughs> but it's like. It's just another moment where the universe is confirming because, like, all this has to be talked about in the pocket and mine. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't know what we. I'm pretty like I didn't know what we were gonna talk about. I knew we were gonna talk about some stuff, but I was like, mm-hmm. "Let it happen." You gotta practice what you preach, man. Mm-hmm. Listen, <laughs> take me to Sarah's time. Take me to your dad's death. We talked about it, but you didn't. We didn't dive into that. It seems like it was probably a pretty um, formative occurrence. Is there is there like a, a pre and post in your life? Is that a is that a, like a, a checkpoint in your life, a transition point, or no? What do you mean transition? <sighs> like, do you think you were a different person before your dad passed away and after? It's you know, again, when you're looking in the mirror and you can self check. It for for a while I couldn't even say it because it sounded so selfish, but I know that my father leaving was to push me to be a more independent man because I know I'm the baby and I was a surprise. My mom had a miscarriage in '81, and I just popped up in that sonogram in September of '83. Like, hey, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm a coming. Unicorn skills and all. I'm a coven. Right. Um, so it's actually kind of liberating for him to transition on to whatever stuff it is. It hurt. It hurt. It hurt. I don't wish that pain on anybody. But it was... It was a driving force. It was a bittersweet driving force. Because mm-hmm. I'm always... I'm like, Daddy, you're working too hard. Because you really fought for the underdog as a detective. Because there's so many black boys on death row who have don't have the financial means. Even though they're innocent, they just don't have the financial means. So he was working as a full-time detective and then the preacher thing on Sundays was just like this weekend thing? No. He was ministering during the week. He was going to visit patients in the hospital. So he just carried out two jobs? Two full-time, full-time jobs with the family. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he was what did he get? What did he earn as the minister? Was he like the minister of the church? Yeah, he was. Yeah, we. And you know how now some of these churches have a pastor, a co-pastor, and associate pastors and visiting pastor. <laughs> it was just my dad. He had so he's getting paid by the church. Yes, but I mean, he had sometimes he had um, associate ministers or whatnot. But like for the most part, he preached every Sunday. Wow. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, he had a salary, but, like, it's just a church. Right. So, and we weren't, like, into technology. So, like, if people didn't pay their tithes and offering. Right. Just one. It wasn't. Church it wasn't to do it to get rich. Right. 
and that's what I loved about him. He never, he never did it about the money. Like there were so many, like the church probably still owes us money, right? Because he would like give his check back to the church because they needed to pay bills, right? Yeah, keep lights on. Yeah, and um, so like again, great, great man had his flaws, but but him transitioning. It really like, and I had a we'll get to it. I had a spiral, a horrible spiral down, but it it was too. It completely changed my lens. Like my sen- all my senses are different. It's just the scary part is though. Like my feet smell like him. My sneeze. <laughs> I just be at the light. Like my dad just drooled. He just. <laughs> He wasn't missing a chromosome or nothing. He just drew. Sorry, that was probably offensive. Sorry, sorry. But um, I think that's a good joke. <laughs> that's what people thought. It was a good joke. But he just like Alex. I'll be eating right. and just be drooling. It'll be something. That's something he did. <laughs> like daily. <laughs> Weird. Stuttering. I'd just be stuttering, like can't get work. I would have to stop like you're college educated. Use your words. But in the fact that I see a red cardinal so much, like you can't tell me the universe isn't real. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. I will like be talking to the sky and then like a red cardinal will come mm-hmm. and just land on mm-hmm. like I know because you know energy is neither, is neither created or destroyed mm-hmm. like that transition was it was very painful and but I just have to rely on that peace that surpasses all understanding and knowing I had a great dad for 28 years mm-hmm. but it's that whole situation like and he was a horrible husband hit verbally abused just the typical black man hit like sure hit like punch hit backhand I'm not sure I was too young. Okay. But My you know there was physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I never saw any bruises or anything. Right. It wasn't like... But you know, you can hit people where right. clothes cover up. Yeah. But um, he just did not know how to communicate mm-hmm. with my mother. and But my mother is like the epitome of the Southern black woman. To this day, the man did but she still will not utter a single bad word about him. Wow. I've never heard her, like, she don't cuss. Even after, they separated uh, 2007 or 8, I was 23, 2007. My brother and my mother came up to the show in Charlotte. Uh, Kiss Me Kate. And during the intermission, they came out to the lobby and I just saw like distress in my mom's face and my brother just he can't like I'm really good at and could that's how I had to be like that the day after I was raped like I'm really good at it I've learned I learned that skill really really young but also with like my spirit just picks up on other people's energies Mm -hmm. really really quickly totally and I was like are y'all okay Mm mm-hmm my mother had just gotten into a huge argument with my father 
she he was accusing her of cheating. She was eating at a rest. She was eating at a cheesecake factory with my brother. But you know, when you're insecure, you throw those out on mm-hmm. other people. So that's why, like, I'm almost positive he never he never stepped out. But when you make comments like that, yeah. and you know she's a good woman, why would you? Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, I know this show is so boring. Y'all don't have to say y'all can go back to Columbia. But um, then. I don't know why my mother decided at intermission to tell me. But this is when I, little instances like this is when I develop my asterisk insert here. Don't bother me before a show. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Do not come at me sideways about anything negative before a show. What about in the middle of it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) This moment that I'm about to tell you about sparked that. Right. My mother's like, yeah, um, we're going to go back to Columbia, but I need to tell you I'm leaving your father. Because <laughs> I'm going to rush the show. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> wow. So. Uh, what year was this? 2007. And your dad died in 08? Oh, no, he died in 13. 13. And, um, so, but, so after that happened, like, my mom's gangster. I went home maybe three or four weeks later or something. I'm probably messing these time frames up. But my mom was like, this is what's about to happen. There's you are going to be at the house. When your father starts preaching, I'm going to text you, get all my shit out of the house, and take you to this apartment. Here are the keys. My father got home from preaching. My mother was gone. Wow. While she was sitting behind him while he was preaching on the choir stand. Wow. So she, she just got home before him? Got all our shit? Listen. Is this on? Listen. <laughs> my mother texted me and my brother the night before. You not going to direct. She told me, you not directing the choir Sunday. Uh, what I need you and Bobby to wow, do is you. while your daddy is preaching. While I'm singing get behind it, get the shit out of the house and go take it to this apartment. That's what we did. Did you have any reservations about that? Like, wait, why am I getting drawn in the middle of this? At first, I was like, I had a very small moment. There was a moment where nobody talked to my daddy. Okay. Which is understandable. Like, you, so y'all were kind of on You been shit to my mama. Gotcha. Um, like, you weren't opposed to this. I was not opposed. It hurt me, but I was not opposed because I understood where she was coming from. This woman had stuck in the game <coughs> since 1979. So her kids did not grow up in 30 years, yeah. So my kids didn't grow up in the split household. The least I could do was get the clothes up. Was your mom more support? I know you said she's a traditional Southern black woman, but was she more supportive of you? Was there a difference in the closeness of your relationship with your mom than your dad and the nature of it? She's such a good woman. Like She knew our relationship. My dad and I's relationship would just be tainted because... Always. His baby is gay. Right. No black man don't want their black son to be gay. Right. So. Did she try to like compensate for that? Like, oh, absolutely. Like, more I books. was always under her, even though my dad loved me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was always on his shoulders, but I think she just added that extra umph just in case. Right. I needed that reserve to fall back on in case he was like, my son ain't gonna be gay. Right. Even though he was. Yeah, he snapped at some point. You're right. He never. He didn't do that. He they always was like homosexuality is wrong. Right. They just put that out. By there. the way, <laughs> it, it, right in the universe. Right. I mean in the atmosphere. 
But um, no, they always came to shows when they could. They, my parents worked a lot, so. Did you ever have like a coming out of the closet moment? When I was on the ship, I rode home because it was just like so. On that ship, I was becoming myself. Even though I could become myself at Winthrop, I was still home so much. I had to uh, put a put a shell on, take a shell off. Put a shell on, take a shell off. On the cruise ship, I could live completely with right. the shell off. Right. And You're supposed to, right? right. And that's kind of your role. Uh huh. Right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's what life is about developing who you are without this shell that your parents gave you and I wrote a letter home but it did not get a reply do you know it was received you wrote a literal letter would you like Uh, give it to a fucking pigeon they flew it back no I mean I put it in the mail (laughs) stupid (laughs) picked it up in the middle of the ocean how the fuck they made that work back in the medieval days that pigeon do it in a bottle I think it'll make it back to the Carolina the currents are going that direction. I don't know. They never got back to me though. So, <laughs> but like we low key said some things about it when I got back. I kind of so you know they got it, oh, but it just it was never oh, like yeah, addressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, it just kind of we're, we're that black family that if you don't want to talk about it, you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You pick the rug up. Have you and your brother, or post your your father's passing, have you and your mom or you and your brother ever directly talked about it? No? No. One time, me and my brother and his girlfriend, we were, this is way, way pre-baby, we went, we were just hanging out in Columbia, I forgot what holiday it was, but we went to get some wings at this spot right around the corner from the house. I think my brother and the dude went to high school together or something, who owned it? I don't know. But uh, me and Kelly were chit-chatting about... Um, Dick. We'll call him Air Force. Okay. So we were talking about Air Force, and my brother walked up on, in on conversation. So, and I'm being respectful because I don't know, I don't know you in this aspect to talk to you about. But you feel more comfortable talking to his girlfriend, right? Because at least y'all come from the right. same perspective, right? Right. She's just we talking about a guy. We're just talking about a dude, right? And my brother was like, oh, no, 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 I, I, I want to learn. And I was like, what? <laughs> you wanna... When was this? Within the last year, I can't. Wait. Oh, so was that kind of a big deal where you're like, wait, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Maybe a year and a half. She wasn't pregnant. Yeah. A year and a half. I'm not sure. But fast forward to... Uh, getting ready to leave Charlotte yesterday I had on my five below shirts that I was telling you about and it's Tyrannosaurus Rex with a rainbow coming out of his mouth like I have to get that <laughs> I have to have that shirt that's like essentially who I am right so and I saw my brother when I came out actually I think the shirt you have right now is essentially who you are this is yes like, but it's you know, with the rainbow five below is right. essentially who I, like yeah. all my shirts come from five below they just make sense so I had uh my brother had little Bobby and my brother carries his son facing out and I was like why do you carry him like that he's like so he can see the world and I was like was he, he carrying like this yeah in one hand he just carries him where he looks out right versus I kind of like it like, looking behind you you don't need to be looking over my shoulder I need to protect you you don't need yeah. to protect me right <laughs> yeah we gotta see what's going at us right yeah I like that boss. and um 
he was like, oh, you see all the colors on your uncle's shirt? And I was like... Oh. That's sweet, yeah. It was like... I think my brother... my Okay, and fast forward a little bit, just a little bit. We'll go back to wherever we were. Don't mm-hmm. know where we were. But, again, being a black family, we pray for everything. Uh-huh. So we always pray before we get on the road to do anything. We just stop what we're doing. And whoever's in the room, we all connect hands and we pray. Um... My family has never prayed for my personality before. It may, it, it doesn't sound like anything, but like my personality is who I am. It's how I connect. What What do you think? Thinking that, like, are you suggesting that, like, at some point they would have prayed to change your personality? Not change it, but I feel like when Auntie Cat was like, "We we thank you for Jonathan's personality and laughter." And light. Oh, she said this yesterday. She said this in the prayer. She was acknowledging. Uh huh. I was like, I think my family like completely understand who I am. Ah, that's beautiful. Uh huh. Yeah, for her to say that. Never prayed for my personality before. It's always a prayer of gratitude. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was just like, wow. And further solidified, like my goal on earth is to spread light and love. Mm -hmm. If I'm the reason that my family laughs. I will drive seven hours mm-hmm. to make sure that my family, because we had it at Auntie Tiny's house because there's just so much drama. Like, I don't understand. My grandparents would be rolling over in their grave if they knew how some of my cousins were acting. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's so disheartening. Like, you treating your mama like that? She grew you. Mm-hmm. How you gonna treat your mama like that? Mm-hmm. So it was very important that the fact that I got to the car wreck, the fact that I didn't have to work on Tuesday, I, the fact that I could just get to Charlotte a day earlier and spend all that time with, yeah, I enjoy seeing my mom and brother, but the fact that Auntie Tiny, my other mama, was laughing for five days because her kids, her oldest son is acting a monkey mm-hmm. and won't let her see her grandkids. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why? Like, Eva May and John Gilmore would be acting up. <laughs> Like, you know when we transition, you're going to have to explain that to them. Why you was acting a monkey to your own mama. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, like, my cousins, my older cousins don't understand that, like, it's all about warmth and laughter. You're making this much more difficult. First of all, you're making this situation that you created. You got three baby mamas. You got seven kids. You created all this. You created this foolishness. You can't be mad at nobody but yourself. Is most of your family in that, stuck in that kind of existence? Still in the South? My, I love my family. Mm -hmm. But like, you can see, you can tell, you can close your eyes and listen to see which grandchild belongs to which grandparent, (laughs) which daughter belongs to which aunt or uncle. You can, Everybody is so rooted to that tether so tightly. But your family unit, so your mom, your dad, you and your brother, y'all seem like, are y'all more of kind of, for lack of a better term, more advanced than the rest of your family? Because your parents are both college educated, right? And then you and your brother are both college educated? Me and my brother would have been the master master. graduate degrees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the rest of your family back in South Carolina is not like that? It's not progressing quite as quickly or what? Shelby kids. No. 
Me and my brother may be the only two with college degrees. I mean, well, well we just oh, the most I'll, rudimentary way to look at it is y'all, y'all all from that Carolina area, and you live in DC, and your brother lives in Atlanta. So that's the easiest way to just oh. analyze. Like, literally got out. Mm-hmm. My cousin Peaches, we have the same birthday. We're kind of like the same person. She's lived in all different seasons, but she's back in South Carolina now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of cousins, but yeah. But there's not a ton of them like living in New York, San Francisco, or London. Me and my brother are the only ones who are, for the most part, are away right now of the first cousins. Everybody is in Columbia. Your brother's an engineer in Atlanta. Well, he took over my dad's business. He quit engineering, but yes, he's in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Professional in Atlanta. Starting family. And I'm like the, the superstar of the family because I mean I've danced for the Wizards I've been on TV I've been in magazines like I've been around the world I wonder how much that helps your acceptance probably a whole heap like if I was my brother and I brought a man home and I had a kid it'd be a no no or if you lived in Columbia still I mean, you could carry on a gay lifestyle in Columbia, but it would look different. Even if you like, stayed in Columbia, you know, when I graduated, just, went through. When I go to there. the gyms in Columbia, it's just like, who are you and where are you from? Right. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Good question. But I'm from South Carolina. Right. I'm from right here. Right. But it's once I experience the outside world, like the world is bigger than 803, I was like, oh. I'm definitely. There are still people in the neighborhood where we grew up, not where we live now, but the neighborhood where we grew up. There's still people who are older than me who still live with their parents. Yeah. Still sitting on their front porch, yeah. like doing nothing. Days just passing by. Yeah. And I. How did you end up in DC? 2012. Um, I was just I was that bug was biting me like you you need to do more because I was at this point I have been a teacher for five years five years four or five years and like I had developed the school song my choir we were singing at nursing homes in Charlotte I had a step team at the middle school mind you I was only a sub yeah what I was only a substitute oh you're playing these other extracurricular roles yes Tutoring. It's a more fun way to do it, honestly. Yeah. Just not the money was horrible. Right. Up here, you can live off South Paper, not in South Carolina. Yeah. And, um. But are you can compensate for doing all these programs? No. Just doing this out of the fucking passion? Damn, that's big. That's that's just who my father raised. But at, it's, it was still a fault, though. Like, right, I was yeah. spending money on students. You're running like, a deficit at that point. Uh huh. I was at a deficit. Like, it was wearing me down because this is Title One. Uh, these kids have right. issues that I know how to deal with because we're from the same walk of life. But, but it's, it's not like, like there's a parent association funding this <laughs> shit, <laughs> right? Like another drill. Yeah. So it was. Um, I was like, I, I gotta get out. I was like, I still love performing. I was like going nonstop teaching, rehearsal, performance, or teaching all day. My kids then a show at night. For nothing, for not making any money. 
So I was like, no, I can't do this. So my homegirl Dion, who was with Step Africa here. Step uh, Africa? Uh, uh. Oh, yeah. Step Africa is a troop, it's a dance troop here. I was like, um, that's my spring break. I ain't got nothing to do. So I got on the bus, came up here to hang out with her. And but I was staying with my uh oh, I came up with my uh ex-boyfriend at the time of like year two, two and a half, something like that. Um, because his best friend lived up here. So I'm like, sure, I ain't never been to DC. So Dan was like, if you're up here, you audition. Went to Arena Stage, audition, booked signature theater season. And I was like, ain't nothing in Charlotte. So this is my seventh season at Children's Theater of Charlotte. There's not even the equity house. I'm not even getting equity points. So, bye-bye. Came up and just moved. No family. I was like, step outside your comfort zone. Right. So, Legally Blonde finished July 22nd, um, July 21st in Charlotte. My car was already packed. Kissed my parents. Oh, I saw them that prior week. But curtain went down, got in the car, drove up to D.C. that night. Were you living with a boyfriend at the time? I was living with his best friend. Okay. And then um, I went into rehearsals for Best Little Horse in Texas at Signature Theater the that Tuesday morning. Damn. Mm-hmm. So those first few years, how were you making a living? Theater? Yeah, here. Theater in Southern. Wow. And non-equity theater pay. What's this equity thing? Uh, it's a union. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like SAG mm-hmm. for theater. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Insurance is great, but... What do you have to, like, put in a certain amount of shows or something to get that? Every 11 weeks of working at an equity house, you have you get six months of coverage. And it's, like, $100 for the quarter. That surgery I had before I started to work, $0. So you need to be employed for 11 consecutive weeks at a house that's a union house? Not consecutive. You just need to get 11 weeks. I'm sure you have to get those weeks within a certain time frame. I need to check. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, it's good to know that shit. It's really good insurance. Really, I love Sigma. So, what do you, we talked about the school thing, and I know that's on the horizon, but that seems like long term in terms of developing some sort of like academy for performing arts. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do at this point of your life? Like, what do you want to work on, envision, invest your time and energy in going forward? Both professionally, personally. Professionally, um, I feel like we were at one of these classes with Rachel. PDMs. So, but professionally, I need, uh, like, for two weeks, there's been a comma in my paycheck. And I was like, thank God. Oh, this is what growing up, this is a taste of. Like, I didn't have to worry about the gas station. Like, if I put this much in the car, on my this is my budget for gas for going back and forth to South Carolina. But like, no, just wiped the debit card, filled it up, mm-hmm. didn't worry about it, mm-hmm. transferred money out to put into a savings account. Like, because mm-hmm. all the bills are finally paid, nobody's on the pay- fucking payment arrangement. Mm-hmm. But that, like, that security, because again, I love being black. Being black, when your brother has a kid, you have a kid. Mm-hmm. So. If shit hit the fan, I have to be able to, like, smooth transition. This little baby should not be altered in any type of way. Because mm-hmm. he didn't have to be here. 
It's our duty. Wow. So you feel that sort of responsibility? Oh, yeah. I'm, yes, absolutely. Even though my How old's a kid? Four months. Fuck! Okay. Uh, well, he'll be four months, um, December 9th. But, like, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's so, he's such a sweet kid. But, yeah, that's the mentality that I have. But Do you want to have kids yourself? Mm-hmm. What does that look like mm-hmm. to you? Uh, <laughs> probably will cry, because, you know, I love kids. But being so in tune with this season of confirmation and, like, thinking of things and then 10 minutes later they happen or thinking of something that's about to happen and then something happens that week or just this season of confirmation, it's not in my stars. And it really, like... What do you mean? I don't think it's, it's going to happen. Ever? Mm-mm. I just don't think the trajectory... But you want it to happen? Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, it's just a really scary place to be when you know something you want so I can have it? Yeah. Why do you think that? Um, it's, it's almost like completely hypocritical of my mindset but okay, I'm going to keep my statement but I will say just how like my season of singleness would damper the podcast and the radio show and my uh, the control over my light and love radiance um, because I'm 35 I think when if the children aspect were implemented or granted from the higher power it would almost be just a little too late but you could if, okay, so if you want to have a kid of your season. This is the natural way. Yes, I am. Going you could to probably you could probably make that happen into your fifties, sixties, maybe. And I right, and I look at instances like Andy Cohen, and I'm like, that's such a beautiful story. Like he's doing it by himself, and he's fifty plus. He's like, oh, he may be like late forty. He got an egg donor, and it's, I think so. Yeah. So it's always it is, but you just you're feeling it's like. Just but, okay, okay. But that's of your blood. Yes. You would have, if you didn't have a kid on your own, you would you probably oh, adopt that's, And another, that's why I'm going so hard for Equinox because as a black gay, single gay man, every T has to be crossed, every I has to be dotted, the little line coming from the Q has to be at the <laughs> right fucking degree. <laughs> Everything has to be perfect because. Um, two, three of my aunts did respite and foster care and adoption and it's just the most beautiful thing to me that something not of your body you can love even deeper that's next level compassion and generosity that's like some unconditional shit mm-hmm. that's different yeah that's so I definitely want to do like I want three three to four because just being me and my brother that dynamic and four years apart was just really awkward Oh, I got Because we didn't really play together. Didn't even have an option of anybody else to play with. And that four-year gap is just a lot. What does that look like? Are you raising with a partner? Um, maybe like four or five weeks ago. I'm really trying to get to this without crying. So my season of confirmation again. Sunday, my friend Chris. There's just so many. Keep going. Please don't fall off the seat. So we got to talk about 
the my good friend Chris from the Wizards dances. That's a whole nother situation. Um, my friend Chris was just texting me at random moments, uh, like, and he cooks like a black woman on Sundays. <laughs> like, and Chris texted me and was like, "Come on over, I'm cooking." You mentioned food. I'm already in better mm-hmm. spirits. It was just the best time. So over there, I have these other two friends, um, O'Brien and D. They're married, and they have two twin boys. They're a black gay couple. They have two twin boys. I've only watched them grow up over the internet and Instagram uh-huh. since baby. Uh-huh. But they're like, they'll be three in January or fully two in January. I forgot. Fully two, because I feel like they weren't talking enough to be through. Right. So they'll be fully two in January. They just like grabbed, I had them the whole time. And he got videos and pictures of me with the kids. And then, um, you know me, I'm not going to post it right in there. I'm in this moment. Like, uh-huh. my world is complete right now for these next two and a half hours. Uh-huh. I'm good. Like, fighting tears because it's just so much, it's uh-huh. so much love to me. But I'm fighting tears because these two twin boys. I just like I'm reading to him. We have we on the floor playing, having a good time. So when I uh, two hours went by, said bye to the boys, or whatever, and me and um, their fathers exchanging me on like, if you ever need a babysitter, please let me know. That they left, had to get boys home to go to sleep. We continue kicking and having a good time. Monday morning, fast forward to Monday morning. I'm going to Howard. I usually get leave Equinox, so I would get to Howard maybe like 40 minutes before my class. I'm just chilling in the car and then like this feeling comes over me and I'm like maybe I will be okay being a single dad like people do it it can be done mm-hmm. I'm a Watkins I can do whatever I set my motherfucking mind to Alex I lie to you not not even 10 seconds not even 10 seconds Brian sends me a picture of the video and the pictures, I did not ask him to send me this picture yet. I just wasn't ready to see it. I was going to ask for it. I just wasn't ready to see it yet because I just had this moment. I was getting myself together. I was not even 10 minutes. I was about to pick my phone up and be like, can you send me the pictures as soon as I pick my phone up? Yeah. See, I just thought about being a single dad and there's a picture of you being a single dad. He sends me the pic. I did not ask. I, like I, t- I wasn't going to ask him because emotionally I wasn't ready to see it because you know me I cried the drop of a dime anyway but the fact that that happened I was like okay mm-hmm. ideally yes I want a life partner because everything's easy when you can share the responsibility but like we were talking about that day in the gym like I know I'm supposed to raise another human being. It may not be right now. So that's the fleshly part of me mm-hmm. saying that it's not in my cards, but, and that's also the, I don't want to be an old dad, but clearly I'm, I'm already at sixties when the child is getting out of high school mm-hmm. and there's not even a fertilized egg yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm always torn between, because I, like I told you, I prayed about the nephew. Didn't ever even tell anybody about that. It didn't happen. But I, I'm torn between, I don't know if I'm going to be a father or if I'm just supposed to be the really, really cool uncle. Right. Hmm. That's how you say that because I've had, I've always wanted to have kids and I've always thought I would, but it's actually occurred to me recently too that maybe I'm, I'm just to be the cool uncle. 
and it hurts because yeah, it does hurt. That's the nut. You like looking in the mirror, saying you'd be a great one, but probably won't happen for you. So you should just be. You have to. You have to be at peace with that now, because it's like preparing for the worst, hoping for the best. Shit may not happen, because right. it's not just I want a kid. Right. You've either got to find a potential partner to fertilize this egg, or you've got to get all this other shit in order, perfectly yeah. in order, yeah. before you're even considered. Right. And like, it's just it's very interesting looking at life through a grown like. We weren't thinking about this shit at 25. No, no. Yeah, these are all questions that just occur like in the last yeah, couple of years. And you're struggling with the answers. And like, I don't know if it's cleaner for for you or for me in terms of pro, pro, procreation. Because it is, at some point, to me, the kid is the goal. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the partnership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, it's like, okay, if the kid's the goal... But then, because I'm a heterosexual, then it's implied whoever the mother of that kid is. Fuck, that's a whole nother project. <laughs> I almost think it's it almost like I feel like it's easier for you because you it would be more oh. accepted for you just like nah, I'm just getting the kid. Oh, because he's like Andy Cohen, he's a gay man. His options are he has to get creative with this situation. So it's like oh, I'll, like you have to get creative with the situation. Of course, you're a single dad. Like you didn't have the part at the time. The people you're attracted to can't make kids, so of course you had to figure it out. In my case, it's like, wait, wait, you crazy motherfucker! Like, what do you mean you're a you're straight single dad? Where's the mom at? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> what she couldn't put up with you, or like? And it's so sad that our minds go there. Like, yeah. you should just be a great single dad, right? It's dude, I would, I would be down with both of us single, making sing, being single dads. And then we could like we've talked we talked about this like literally from like, the joke. <laughs> I'll cook for you. I'm trying to just keep whatever you're doing outside the house. Father partnership that would be tight. I mean, that would be bomb.com TV. That would be cool, man. I'm gonna end it there. Okay. Oh, oh, there's so much. I know there's so much more. Okay. Oh shit. Back to this. All right. Yeah. There's more me left in this one. I can tell this is not gonna be the only time we talk. Fair. But. Um, Dude, I feel like you're my brother. I feel like I've known you for a thousand years. Forever. I was just like, but even at first EFT, I was like, who is that? Because you wasn't in our um, um, shindig. And I was like, I like his energy. At first, I was like, why does he not stay still? <laughs> I was like, I thought I knew all the time. Man. I can't, dude. I hate me in boxes, man.